Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to Passions Podcast. I almost forgot what the fuck I was doing there. Passions Podcast. That's what we're doing tonight. Passions After Dark. It's nighttime, y'all. Woo! I am Latara, as always, and I have a special guest host this week, Eric. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the show. Like, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, uh, Tell the people about yourself a little bit. Yeah. uh, First of all, my name is Eric Vetta. I am actually a PhD candidate over at the University of Texas at Austin, uh, looking at the way uh, Latinos are represented in popular performance. So I'm excited to talk about uh, the Lopez Fitzgerald family at some point. Um, And, you know, it wasn't easy trying to get on this podcast. In fact, uh, I got to say, Latara, I did something for you. Oh, okay. I can't wait. What is it? I, uh, you know, in order to get on, I had to sell my soul to <laughs> Hecuba herself. You did not have your soul, Val. I and, love it. And I made one for you. So thank you for having me on. I have one here for you. Eric's got my soul. How'd you get yeah. my soul? I can't feel the Christmas spirit. Oh, no. Thank you so much. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. It's been one of those things that, I mean, obviously I've been obsessed for a really long time, but I was one of those things that I was like, that little, that vial looks so cool. And it was like purplish and like, it always stuck out with me. And I'm like, you know what? I bet I can make one. Found a little cool vial on Etsy and boom, here we are. Honestly, it looks like, immediately when I saw it on the show, I thought this, it looks like something that uh, someone I know knew in my past kept their cocaine in. <laughs> well, and when Hecuba, when Hecuba jumps up and down on the bed, maybe she was on some. I mean, that's... I mean, she acts like it sometimes, for sure. All right, so let's get into it. We are talking about episodes 376 through 380 this week. This was a pretty good week, really. We got some, we got some things, some good resolutions, actually, for, for once. So... Eric, before we get into the show today, how, what, tell everybody what's your kind of passions origin story? Oh, yeah. Um, So first of all, um, I I can distinctly remember being in middle school. I know I'm I'm telling everybody how old I am, but I was in middle school uh, and I remember being in class and one of the teachers had it on and it was like that rare occasion that like actual cable was coming through like a TV at school. And Mm -hmm. I remember seeing like this, I, I remember the witch aspect of it. And I've always been obsessed with witches uh, whether they be hocus pocus or magic or dispel, like witches are always have impressed me. They're fun. And right. uh, I remember seeing that and I'm like, what is that? And a friend of mine was like, oh, that's passions. That's that soap opera. And because it was on during the day, I could never really see it. Well, it was one of those, like one day I was home sick kind of thing. And I saw it and I was like, oh, we're recording this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the VCR was set at one o'clock my time all the time. Uh, and then my mom started to kind of watch it with me. Like she was like, oh, look, Latinos. Uh, and so it was it was very different at the time because it was like we weren't seeing them a lot in mainstream. Uh, mainstream. Um, but so we started to watch it. And then I fell in love with Tabitha and Timmy. Um, to, and, and I remember being ridiculously attracted to charity for some reason. I know that's blasphemous on this podcast, but I was. 
Uh, I slept on Teresa. I don't know what was wrong with me. Um, and uh, yeah, she, and I remember meeting a girl who looked just like her in high school. And this is a great pickup line. Hey, you look like the girl from Passions, to which she said, yeah, I've been told that before. So. Oh, so she probably really did. Yeah, and, and it didn't work out. Um, oh. But, uh, you know, I should have looked for a K. Um, no, I was, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> nope. So, yeah. So then, yeah, I, after that, I mean, it's always just been a part of my, a part of my life. I remember my friend, my friends and I would be in college and somebody would get on my nerves and I would just like rub my hands together and like <laughs> pretend to like blow them up the way that uh, like Tabitha would rub her hands together, except I didn't have awesome wooden bracelets to make those amazing sounds. The clink clink. Um, yeah, yeah. That's all. I mean, that's where all the magic comes from. And then, uh, yeah, after that, it was just something that I always, it was always kind of there in, in the background of my mind. I mean, like if I could find the musical suite to this, like the, like the, like haunting music of like creepy things happen in harmony, I hear that music all the time. Or if I see like a lot of crows on the power lines, I'm like, oh, heck of <laughs> here. Like stuff's about, heck, stuff's about to go down. Um, even as a acting like coach or like when I give notes, I'll every once in a while I'll tell somebody like, don't forget, you know, even if you're just a little subtle and you do this like eyebrow raise, like when they're zooming in on you before they're gonna go ba da ba 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 to a commercial, like uh -huh. that's powerful. And when I do that, I'm thinking specifically about Rebecca Hotchkiss. Like I'm thinking like <laughs> yes. she is the she is the master of that like last yeah. little little squint of or glimmer of like mischievous deed before going to commercial yeah she really is actually I noticed that I watched some of the like a couple of episodes today and I was like oh my goodness the way she stands in a room alone and moves her eyebrows is enchanting I mean she, I'm so engaged she's so good and then I saw that she posts she tweeted a picture of how, how much she misses passions mm -hmm. and I, I was like go get her get her get her get her on the show oh my gosh I do need to get her yeah. You but yes, that has been, that's been the, you know, how I kind of got in there and I've just been with it ever since. I mean, uh, it was hard once it made the move to the, to the soap opera network, the, uh, that was difficult, but every once in a while I'd be able to like find a way to watch it. So I definitely got to like kind of catch up a little before the finale and then I watched the finale. So, uh, yeah. And ever since, oh, I mean, uh, I sent you some pages just for fun, but a yeah. while back, my friends were like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a passions musical? And I was like, I was like, eh, I'm bored. I got some time. And wrote we a can couple do a passions pages. musical. Yeah. I can do so that. Wrote a couple pages, fun stuff. But yeah, that's kind of how it's been. And I've been a fan ever since. And I still love it. That's a, that's an amazing story. And, you know, it's similar to mo like, honestly, it's so similar to most people's story that I hear in my own story where it's like, I found it in middle school and just fell in love with it and <laughs> I was like this is amazing and I'm watching it as an adult and I'm like this is amazing but for way different reasons than I thought when I was 10 I'm like yeah. you know but anyway let's get into passion so yes. we're gonna start with Shuis. And here is the little summary. Okay, again, we're doing bullet points. For those of you who listened last week, you may have seen that last week I did not do summaries and things went awry. So I have, <laughs> I have decided to do better. All right, so here we go. Here are the bullet points for the week. A frantic Hank informed Sam, TC, Luis, and Ethan that Sheridan was buried alive. After having dug up her grave, Luis held a lifeless Sheridan in his arms. 
Sheridan shocks everyone when she miraculously starts breathing again and they rush her to the hospital where the, where the doctors tell them she has sustained too much brain damage and, re- and will require life support. The decision falls to Ethan whether to respect Sheridan's wishes and pull the plug or keep her on life support. He, of course, makes the choice to respect her wishes. Sam was stunned when his brother revealed that Roger and Pierre had asked him to kill Sheridan. He told a, Sam told a devastated Hank he was no longer his brother. Sheridan makes another miraculous recovery. It's a Christmas miracle. Like that's the that's the rundown of this week. Um, there was so much that happened. So let's start on this boat. Yes. Everybody remember. There's been this rescue mission to rescue Eve, Hank, and uh, Agent Hal Freeman, who I know I've been saying that Sam is the worst cop in the world and, like, really bad at his job, but Hal Freeman gives him a run for his money. Hal Freeman is the worst. The worst. How are, how are there no other FBI agents who know about this plan? And he's he's absolutely awful, especially when they're but when we get into the digging part, because it's just it's like be quiet. You are not helpful. Like you he, are. He really just was like, we shouldn't even b- bother bear- digging her up. Yeah, it's like you've got to dig like, her up regardless. Yes, sir. E- even if she was alive for a little bit, you got to check and see if there's like nail marks or something. I mean, got you got to double check. You're a cop. Uh, yeah. Also, we we're gonna have to find out the actual cause of death and hold people accountable for her death if she's dead like come (laughs) on so anyway eve has been rescued from the water because she got pushed overboard last week oh my god tc jumped in to save her i think sam went in too they all they pulled her out oh yeah and they they bring her back like she's she's looks dead at first but then they bring her back of course they bring eve back wake that lady up and uh she starts saying we got to get to sheridan sheridan's alive we got to get to sheridan and Hank's on the other side of the boat saying to, to Luis and Ethan, we got to get to Sheridan. Sheridan's alive. And everybody's just like, you guys must have got a bump, a knock on your head. What do you mean? Like, what do you think? Why do you think Roger and Pierre had us kidnapped? Yeah, I sit there and I'm like, I know it's the soap opera trope, but it just makes me laugh that he's like, I'm telling you stuff. And nobody's listening. Um, I also love that, that, you know, when they do rescue Eve, I mean, like TC doesn't think about it. He has one declaration because it's a soap opera. He's like, I'm going to go in there and save my woman. He jumps in there. But I love that, of course, Sam has to take his shirt off. Like, and, and it's like, an ex- like <laughs> we just held a little long. I was going to say, <laughs> it's like, I was like, okay, all right, here we go. Let's get some theatrics. But yeah. I mean, Eve, I mean, everybody's trying to say something. And then I love this whole Hank is like off to the side being like, what happens if I don't tell them in time? It's like, uh, yell it out. At this point, what does it matter? You should have said it by now. Like, it's crazy that you haven't said it yet. Um, so he finally tells them. And again, he's like, Sheridan's alive. We got to get to Sheridan. How's like, it's too late. You know, she's dead by now. <laughs> It's so sad. It's so sad. I and, can't stand him. Oh, and so he's awful. Hal and Hank explained to Luis and Ethan and TC and Sam how they faked Sheridan's death. Sam, like Sam, it was so funny because Sam's like, it's not your fault, buddy. Like, like this whole part, like literally everything is Hank's fault. Yeah. And Sam's so sweet. 
in this moment that he's like, it's not your fault, buddy. Like you had no choice. Like, cause he didn't know. He obviously, he didn't know that Hank literally did all of this to save his own ass. And it had yeah. nothing to do with Sheridan. When he found that out, he was pissed. But, um, Luis and Ethan are pissed rightfully. So yeah. like Sam's like so blase about it, which was, yeah. again, he's so bad at his job. So I shouldn't be shocked, but like a crime has been committed, sir. <laughs> do your job but Luis and Ethan are pissed and like we gotta yeah. get there right away so they um oh Ethan says something that really was weird to me he was like you had no right to do this without my permission huh I don't I, I mean I I've always thought Ethan and Sheridan's relationship was really nice like a, an aunt and nephew especially since they're so different than the rest of the Crane family however I was like this is a little insensuous like there is something like there's a little bit of a, a weird vibe between these two sometimes and it was oh, right here where I'm like you're way too protective I mean I'll do anything for my aunts but this is this is a little much but even if he was her husband she doesn't need your permission to fake her own yeah. death. <laughs> needs your permission just because yeah. i don't why why would they need your permission but yeah. especially since she's your aunt she's not your kid exactly well and then you know hank doing all of this stuff it just makes me laugh because well first of all i i, I could be I, this might be a different opinion but i like this hank because i do remember the more like um like the like chiseled like handsome squidward version that comes the up blonde later blonde one yes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and i think it was just a little too i mean they're very very different that that one will eventually get here as well but they're just very very different and this one i felt was a little bit i don't like the whininess um i i, I hate this whininess um but i was like you know what I was like, I don't hate him as much as I remember. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? I don't know. Age does stuff to yeah. you, I guess. That's so interesting because I despise Hank. I know in, you in, do. <laughs> in all forms. I despise Hank in all forms. First form, final form. I hate yeah. final form Hank. I hate early Hank. Just Final form. I like that. Super <laughs> saying. Super saying. Uh. He's horrible. Um, so... They all go back to, they rush back to shore. They rush to the cemetery. Uh, Ethan is like <laughs> giving Luis all these weird like glances throughout this, which I actually kind of love. Like I get that he is trying to show that he is having a change of heart about Luis. Like he's, he's learning something new about Luis. And Luis did like save his life or whatever. And, um, but he keeps kind of looking at Luis like, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Maybe I was wrong about you. And yeah. it, honestly, it's kind of sweet, but it was, it just made me laugh because there was no dialogue. There was no, no, even no inner monologue, which they do a lot. It was just interesting to me. I think that was just a choice that Travis made to do. And I, and I think it is nice, right? Like, cause in the back of his mind somewhere, he was on his way to talk to Luis about his love for Teresa. Um, and like, Hey, I, I want to make this work. I know you love my aunt. Like it, it came from a good place, but I just love how, on a dime, it switches to, I hate you and I'll avenge my aunt. It's like, nah, like your Teresa just told you how much, I mean, if anyone knows anything about love, Teresa told you that Luis loves Sheridan. So, you know, this whole story arc about like, well, you let her die. I'm like, okay, we're just trying to find fights to fight. Yeah, no, that's, it's, that is ridiculous. Like Luis yeah. feeling the guilt of Sheridan's death. Okay. Understandable. It's not your fault, but a lot of times people feel that kind of guilt when someone yeah. close to them dies. Yeah. 
So that makes sense. But Ethan being so adamant about like, I'm going to ruin your fucking life <laughs> because, because the FBI made you leave. It, was, yeah. it clearly was not your fault is ridiculous. But while all of this is happening, Sheridan is watching from above. <laughs> How lovely with her mother who is alive. And I will not stop saying that. I will die on this hill. Catherine oh. Crane is alive. Yes. And I she's mean, coming. Yes. Spoiler alert. I all I kept thinking was like, okay, let me uh, let me try and justify this, uh, especially in my Catholicism. Right? I'm sitting there going, okay, maybe God was like, okay, angel number forty five. I need you to go over there and pretend to be Catherine. Uh, because that is the only thing that Sheridan will understand. Either that or Sheridan's like losing oxygen and is hallucinating. But she also happens to be hallucinating the things that are actually happening in real time. Exactly. That is so my exact issue with this. Other. That's my exact issue with this is that they clearly made it so that this is actually happening. She's having yeah. this conversation with her mother. She can see everything that's happening. Either yeah. that or Sheridan is like clairvoyant. Okay. Yeah. Like that works with the, you know, yes. with the, all the uh -huh. shit that goes on in harmony. But I like, I like your idea better. I like yeah, that. I'm like, I think Jesus was like, uh, Angel 45, I'm going to have you look like uh, Catherine for like a couple minutes uh, because that's the only way she can be able to digest this information. Meanwhile, Catherine and, uh, well, spoiler alert. Don't, uh, don't spoil that. Don't okay, spoil no that. spoils. We, no spoils. We're not going to spoil everything, <laughs> but Kat, just know Catherine is alive. We'll look at some tea leaves in a little bit. Right. Exactly. Let's look at some tea leaves in a little bit. So yeah, Sheridan's watching all this. Her mom is like, it's too late, Sheridan. It's time to go. We have to go into the light. And uh, we do this like a bunch of times. Sheridan yeah. starts to walk into the light. And then she turns back and says, I can't leave Louise. I can't leave him. And she stays. And um, yeah. I, we do that a bunch of times. And that's how she eventually breathes a little bit. Yeah. So, the cemetery they're digging her up and they hit all that fucking cement that julian yeah. had poured into her grave even though the the grave guy like the groundskeeper said to him like hey i think somebody's, I think somebody's I alive in here <laughs> julian is so funny because in those i mean in those episodes before julian was just like oh please i know what my sister would i mean like it's like he found any excuse to be like nah Nah, I don't believe you. Uh, and yeah, the concrete is like quick drying cement, which is always, you know, that's all they sell at Home Depot and Lowe's apparently is just quick drying cement in soap operas. He brought a truck. So it's like industrial shit. Like it came mm -hmm. from Crane Industries. Yeah. But they don't apparently, apparently Sheridan's been in the ground forever. Like I was, I was told, I was told that she had air for two hours. That's what I was told. Yeah. But now I guess it's just the miracle of her, of love that's keeping her hanging on. Cause apparently she's been in the ground for many, 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 many hours. Um, so she should so definitely be dead. I, I just want to think about this logistically. Okay, Hank, this is a, this is a plan. I won't say decent, but this is a plan. And uh, you sit there and go, could you at least put some, some water in like a cushion underneath or some like even a cell phone an emergency cell phone maybe it wouldn't go out there i don't know maybe the maybe the bars wouldn't reach but even a little t i mean like a little tv i mean like something for her to just feel a little but he's like that wasn't part of the plan yeah because your plan was really shitty your that's plan why was 
fucking terrible. And I thought about that too. I was like, maybe they could have given her a cell phone or something. But then I was like, if she's six feet under, it might yeah. not work. But then like there are radios, like it's the FBI. Y'all don't have shit that you can, you know what I mean? Her, can you, you not can give her a life alert? Yeah, you know. Yes, the, give her yeah. a life alert. <laughs> Help, I've fallen and I can't get out of this coffin. Give this lady Bro. a life alert. Yeah, someone's underway, Mrs. Fletcher. Something also more than two hours worth of air. Yeah. Surely you could have fit this coffin with more than half an oxygen tank. Yeah. <laughs> like a half-filled oxygen tank. I feel like they just picked one up from the hospital that had been used already. I'm like, this will be fine. Yep. Um, and then this is where I wrote down this idiot-ass detective. Don't give them false hope. Uh, you still got to go over there and check. Just Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, so they're digging up this grave. Hal has been so negative the entire fucking time, considering he is the person who killed Sheridan. He's yeah. been so negative the entire time. And then when they're digging through, digging up the dirt, they hit the cement and he like is like, oh, well, yeah, no way we're getting to her now. Like, yeah, you want to go up. order a pizza? Like, we're he, done. Yeah, I, mean, I, I give could... up. And Luis is like, uh, the fuck you do? We're going to keep digging, you know? And so yeah. they break through the cement. And honestly, it's Luis by himself for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. even Ethan stopped. Yeah, they're Everybody all just standing stopped. there watching him, and they're like, poor guy. I think Sam and TC did run to see if they could get, like, some different tools. Yes, so that's yeah. at least that's at least something that they did that was right. Yeah. Um, Other than a shovel. Like, y'all need a pickaxe. You need some a jackhammer. Something. Yeah. So they finally get the slabs off of the thing. They pull her out of the coffin baby girl is dead okay louise pulls her out then now this like brought a tear to my eye i'm not even gonna lie my cold icy heart melted a little when he's holding her and he's saying you know we got here we're here now i'm here now for you like wake up i'm here you don't worry you're gonna be fine yeah. you're gonna be okay and then eve tech examines her and is like she doesn't have a pulse she's gone yeah. she's dead and she was dead yeah um and then of course she takes like a she gasps she goes yeah. <gasps> and he's like did you see that she she breathed so they rush her to the hospital good because a lot of yeah. times they don't go to the hospital when they should go to the hospital yeah <laughs> they rush her to the hospital and uh when we get to the damn hospital this irritated me it's like why not just let the lady wake up right why yeah. not just do that why create this whole whole other drama on top of this because this was already so incredibly dramatic the will she won't she thing yeah I, I i just uh you know in you know because i always go there uh i was sitting there when eve was examining her i was really hoping that the queen of sedatives would be like you know what she really needs right now a sedative <laughs> she needs a sedative it's the, the minute she took that breath oh let us sedate her yeah i gotta oh, sedate her her brain is working overtime. Sedation is the only answer. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do love Eve, and I want to. One of the memories that I have of watching the show is this that haunting song that she sings, like "My Baby's Gone," uh, yeah. and it's like their love song between her and Julian. You know, mm -hmm. like it is one of those songs. I love that song. I'm like, I need to find that song. Oh, you I know, I, I can send it to you. I found a bunch of these passion songs. <laughs> oh, oh, please! I used to. I don't know the lyrics. It was just one of those things that was always in the back of the corner of my mind. And I'd always like, if I was like sad or like I would see somebody like love loss on a movie, that song would play in my head. And I'm like, oh, Eve. God, my Eve. My baby's gone. 
Yes. I yeah. No, it's, it, it it is a good song actually. It, I mean, if if a little on the nose. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> my baby, my yes. literal baby, is gone. <laughs> like. But, um, Thanks for letting me go on that tangent. I just needed to throw out there. I love, I love a tangent. Eve. I love Eve so much. You know what? These episodes made me like Eve better because she mm -hmm. apologized to Chad. We will get yes. there. But yeah, no, I remember back in the day not having an issue with Eve. And I mm -hmm. guess I just didn't remember her being so bigoted towards Chad, which I is like, uh, no, go I ahead. I was just going to say um, uh, commentary from Mama Vera. Uh, my mom would watch and she'd be like, what is her problem with that young man? Like, he's not doing anything. He's like always, I mean, she was just so terrified of the same things happening to her girls that happened to her. Um, and I get that. But Chad's never given you a single reason to be like that towards him. Also, the things that happened to her were Julian. Yeah. Julian happened to her. He is the complete opposite, had the complete yeah. opposite upbringing of Chad. He is very yeah. different. So, like, again, you should be leery of rich people if that's yeah. your issue. You know, like, people's upbringing um, defines who they are for you. Then you should be yeah. up. You should have a problem with Ethan. Yeah. And, and I will give them, I'll give them a little bit of grace because I do know that uh, – uh, whether it's in Hidden Passions or in the actual show that Alistair had a lot to do with the fact that they, that he separated them. But yes, Julian did not, Ju it's, it's, anyway, it's a good tangent, but Julian and Ivy were not helpful in the demise of their relationships. Like they, they just sat idly by and let these things happen. Correct. All right. So where are we? Oh, so, oh Lord. Teresa. Let's talk about Teresa in this, in this, within the Sheridan situation. Yes, gotcha. Teresa, like, comforts Luis. This, this actually pissed me off. And I'm like a big Teresa lover, as you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I love Teresa. Yeah. This was like a step too far for me. Not the time. Not the time. She goes over to like comfort Luis while he's cradling Sheridan's lifeless body. This is like yeah. right before she gasps for air. And she says, she's like, yes. Losing someone you love must be the worst kind. It's the worst kind of pain, isn't it? And she kind of like alludes to her losing Ethan in this moment. In this moment, right now, <laughs> now is the moment that you think that you choose to, to yeah. bring this up. And so, uh, but then Luis actually he says to her, "You know, I kind of understand what you are going through with Ethan right now, which is interesting that he would say that." Because, like, what you are going through is way different than yes. what she is going through with Ethan. Yeah. Ethan is not dead. And I think it's just, like, that sibling thing, right? Like, his eyes opened up as well because I think once I know all hope is lost, he's sitting there going, you know what? Uh, Ethan isn't that bad of a guy. And I, I'm sure he saw how much Ethan loves Sheridan. And so that's, I think, what helps, like, what gives him that those words to talk to Teresa and be like, okay, sister, I get it. I understand. So yeah. it was really, yeah, like you said, it's really pretty. It was, yeah, it was what Luis did in this moment was actually so gracious and so sweet and so kind. He says to her, you know, I've been really pigheaded about Ethan. And he says, and this is something I brought up last week and the week before, who am I to tell you that who you can and can't love? Who yeah. am I to tell you that you can't love Ethan? Yeah. And he says, love is so rare and precious. When you find it, you shouldn't let anyone take that away from you. And, um... It was really beautiful, and I'm yeah. glad that he learned that lesson, albeit the hardest way possible, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I will say out of the uh, the siblings in the series, the at least the Lopez Fitzgeralds kind of stick by each other, at least up until this point. Uh, they do really like care for each other. There's not anybody like selling souls to like heart the other one or hurt a the other family member. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, of, of the siblings in this show, they are definitely the have the healthiest relationship. Yeah. I think part of that is that they just don't ever see each other either. Like they are, <laughs> They're like the Starks. They're just like scattered about, you know? Yeah, they I mean, really are, yeah, either. living their own lives yeah. until they intersect. And then they're like, oh, yeah, hey. They Yeah, they, they never see each other. And then they, when they see each other, they have to catch each other up on like three months of their lives. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, here's something that happened three months ago that I didn't tell you. So, but I, I guess, what do they say? Absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Yeah. Hey, Miguel, so, did uh, Charity ever stop trying to kill you? I'm does Miguel like, go home? Does Miguel ever go home? <laughs> if I was Grace, I would be like, boy, you got to leave my house. You hear too much. <laughs> go, uh, Pilar misses you. Go home. See your mother. Yeah. Yeah. Go home. <laughs> I've never seen him in that house. Never. He's never. always up Charity's ass. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, while all of this happens, so Sheridan like gas for air. Hank is tells Sam that this is all his fault, and he explains yeah. the whole thing, and that's when Sam is like, "Wait, why did Roger and Pierre come to you to kill Sheridan? What is it that they have on you?" that would make you murder a person would make yeah. you agree to murder a person i'm still irritated that they have not told us what that thing is and i don't know that they ever will tell us what that thing yeah is. i i couldn't remember and i was sitting there going did i miss something i mean I, it's been a while since i've seen the series but i was like wait what did he do i mean they're the drug cartel but we never get what he did you know weird yeah and it was interesting because Sam asked Hank, why didn't you trust me? Why didn't you trust me? Which was my question from the beginning. Again, what is it that they have on him? It must be something insane because yeah. my immediate reaction when somebody comes to me and says like, I need you to murder this person who is like, by the way, your friend and you wanted to marry her. Like, that's a lot. When somebody yeah. comes to me and say, I need you to marry, uh, marry uh, murder this person or I'm going to blackmail you, I would immediately go to my brother, who's the chief of police. And we all know that Hank's bad at his job. Not Hank. Sam's <laughs> bad at his job. Sam's bad yeah. at his job. He'd probably just cover the shit up. Like, yeah. He probably would. With his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> he covered up with his shirt. He doesn't yeah. need it. He doesn't need yeah. a shirt. <laughs> I mean, it's unnecessary. He was so... He was shirtless so much in these episodes. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It. Give people the eye candy they want. Give the ladies what they want. Not just yes. ladies. Give us all what we want. Yes. <laughs> give us what we want. That man is something else. I mean. Oh and there's a reason. God. There's a reason why Ivy doesn't give up. I'm surprised Hello? she doesn't have a, a shirtless picture of him in her locket. I would be saying, fuck Grace, too. Grace, go to hell, too. Shit. I would, I would be right there with Ivy. I had had you, lost you, about to get you back. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so Sam finds all of this out. He's very upset. He says, you know, your plan didn't work. N like nothing you ever do does. Like, yeah, this was, whew. I mean, yeah. Hank deserved it. Hank fucking deserved it. Yeah. Um, Sam said all the things that were important to say, but he was mad and he clearly showed his anger and um he said some hurtful things they like he was like you broke 
you broke our father's heart and now you've broken my heart. It was very much, have you seen The Godfather? Uh-huh. It was very much, you broke my heart. Yeah. Fredo, <laughs> really you broke my fucking heart. Um, it, it, it's so, well, first of all, I'm like, you know, I'm from a big, Lati- I'm a big Latino family, but I, I was like, I don't think I could ever do, I mean, I would fight with my brother from time to time, but it never would be like you, I, I'm done with you. It was never, that was never an option. I was never going to be done with my brother. So that was interesting to me. But I also thought I was like, hey, Grace is doing something like Grace was like, calm down like this, like you need to like fix this. Like I actually appreciated Grace in that scene. Um, and you know what? I got to say the episode that you all did with the actress who played her, Dana, is it Dana Sparks? Dana Sparks. Mm-hmm. Dana Sparks. It was so great because I for years was like, oh, Grace, oh, yeah. Grace. But hearing from the actress, I was like, I'm going to give Grace some grace. I was like, you know what? I've she, This lady had a hard job of acting out this character that does not get the greatest storylines, that does not get the greatest dialogue. She has to be wimpy and like, oh, and, you know, scared and stuff. But when she gets aggressive or when she's there to sew up some problems, that character does a lot of stuff. And I never realized it until after I heard her interview with you all and then watching her now, I'm like, I got some more respect for Grace as a character. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you there too. Like I remember growing up, I was like, ugh, Grace. Like she's yeah. such a goody goody, you know. Yeah, tomato but, soup cakes. But yeah, after talking with Dana and just kind of hearing about her experience and how mm-hmm. she herself was like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, I got to find a way to make this yeah. interesting every week. And like, she had a, she had a tough job. Because like you said, they didn't give her the greatest material and she didn't have the best like character. And, uh, but in the moments when they gave her like good dialogue or a a little bit of a monologue, she does a beautiful job. Like she, when she has her moments, she does not waste them. Yeah. And, and they can't all be Teresa's and Tabitha's and like these big characters. Like right. she's, she's solid. And I, like I said, I, I enjoy her trying to calm Sam down and, and trying to console Hank. I was like, this is some good stuff. Yeah. You know, at one point, Hank and Eve jump into this kind of uh, conversation and say, try to defend Hank and say like, it's not his fault. You know, Roger and Pierre are the ones who blackmailed him. They're the ones who wanted to kill Sheridan. And, and Hank, uh, Sam's like not having it. He's just like, no, because yeah. none of this would have happened if Hank mm-hmm. hadn't done whatever he did that yeah. and gotten mixed up with the wrong people. None of this would have happened. Yeah. Um, we also find out again, I will say Hal Freeman. I, I realized like <laughs> Hal Freeman is the worst cop on this show because we find out that the whole plot, like he knew about the whole plot, mm-hmm. but decided to tell no one else about it. Like we find out, we find out that Hal Freeman heard from Hank, like, hey, Roger and Pierre are blackmailing me. I'm a fucking criminal. <laughs> like he, I, I want to, rec- I want to also bring the listener's attention back to, I don't know, episode 50 when Hank showed up. Yeah. He sees himself on like the FBI's most wanted list. Yeah. So he did something outrageous. Yeah. But how, how does Hal Freeman, how is Hal Freeman like working with this FBI's most wanted and this man is not arrested? <laughs> I just don't understand. He's working with this man who's a criminal 
yeah. and then doesn't tell any of the other FBI that this is what, what he's, he's doing. On. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's he's very bad at his job. Yeah. So, um, but Sam, yeah, again, Sam is not here. And everybody comes to tries to come to Hank's defense. Sam's like, I, I, how can I ever respect you again? I, I don't hate you, but I don't like you. Yeah. Uh, you don't love anybody but yourself. Like, so much and he's like you always looked at down on dad because he was a cop you told him that he was a he was making chump change and that he was a chump and that broke his heart and you yeah. come back into town with stacks and stacks of money racks on racks on racks and and uh we we all were like what is, where's is he getting this money blah 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 so they they go at it for a while yeah, yeah. but at one point grace um Sam tells Hank, you are no longer my brother. Yes. Period. We're done. We're through. You're no longer my brother. We're not family. I don't want you coming around my family. And Sam is right. Sam is absolutely right. Because the, the point that he makes is, how do I know that someday down the line, you won't get mixed up with some, some bad person from your past won't come back and try to hurt my family? which yeah. 100% happened. And Hank didn't say anything about that. Les yeah. was going to shoot Kay and Jessica. Nobody yeah. knows about that. Nobody except for Hank. That's um, right. But yeah, so he he has put their family in danger. And I would be with Sam on saying, like, you can't come around here anymore. You got me on that one, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's that's Those are bigger circumstances than I've ever had to face. But yes, they are. <laughs> that, that warrants... Uh, dismissal i guess <laughs> yeah like when you are trying start to have to put, my kids murdered right when you start to have put all of us in danger because of your choices then we have a big big problem mm -hmm. okay so that whole situation happens at the hospital let's talk about let's we, we're done with them that oh no we're not let me finish them real quick hank so sam says i'm done with you you're not my brother anymore and then he kind of storms off but doesn't yeah. leave apparently yeah. <laughs> i thought he did and he didn't it looked he like he did storms off and doesn't leave and grace is standing there with hank and tells hank you should go after him and you you need to beg his forgiveness and hank just pours out his whole soul heart and soul about how much he looks up to sam and how much he has always loved him and how much he doesn't believe that he's like a chump and he didn't feel that way about their dad and he doesn't look down on them and like he actually envies them so much and all of these things and how much he loves them and and how he you know all his real feelings and then yeah. Sam comes walking back in the room and heard everything because he just stood there and listened, I guess. And Grace was like, I knew you were there the whole time. <laughs> huh? Okay, Grace. So they make up immediately. Yeah. And then they go off to open Christmas presents because, y'all, it's Christmas Eve. I, the time in this. In this I kept forgetting opera. throughout this whole episode that it was Christmas. It was just spring. My. Yeah. That's my biggest issue right now. Like, it's not that Sheridan is going in and out of, like, a coma and coming coming alive and now she's dead and now she's alive again. No, my biggest issue is that Ethan and Gwen's wedding day was the day that Sheridan got shot. That was, two, <laughs> that was approximately two days ago, okay? Yeah. They were supposed to get married. And it was warm outside. They were having a spring. They were supposedly having a spring wedding. But that was the summertime, honestly. It was like July that this yeah. day started. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. 
how they can stretch shit out for so long. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, it's Christmas. We got to put up some Christmas decorations because yeah. it's actually Christmas now. And now yeah. we're just going to push all, we're just going to forget that all this other time that <laughs> happened. And it's just Christmas. It's Not only is it Christmas time, it is Christmas Eve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas Eve. Okay. You got to catch up to the as actual calendar. So Sam, Hank, Grace, they all go home to open Christmas presents. Meanwhile, Sheridan fighting for her damn life. Um, so they have rushed Sheridan to the hospital because she's alive. She's breathing. We find out Sheridan needs an MRI to find out if she's going to be able to breathe on her own. Yeah. Turns out Sheridan has sustained too much brain damage. And I assume that's from the lack of oxygen because she didn't have like any blunt force trauma or anything. Yeah. I just assume it's the lack of oxygen. So they say she had too much damage to this part of this important part of her brain. They didn't say exactly what, but I'm not mad about that. And um, she's not going to be able to breathe on her own. Then they're like, what were her wishes? Does she want to be kept alive by machines? Now, I simultaneously hated this and loved this. Like, yeah. it's so interesting because that was such, I don't know if you remember, but that was such a huge issue around this time like taking people off of life support. Do you remember yeah. that? Yes. Um, I can't remember. Uh, was it Terry Shrivo? Was yes. that going on? Yeah. Yes. I think that was around the same time. So it was like people were having this debate and I kind of loved how Passions was like, well, you know what? We're going to throw this in. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make commentary about this um, this very important issue on our soap opera uh, where we have a doll running around, but we got to talk about these important issues. These important issues. Although I'm not going to, like, I don't love the commentary that was made, which yeah. is like a miracle will happen. You should yeah. never pull somebody off of life support because a miracle will happen. That's but, basically what they said. Well, And then it was like, okay, who's the power of attorney? Well, uh, my father, I was like, how is he, how is Julian the power of attorney for Sheridan? Like, yeah, well, they said he was, they said that Julian was her next of kin. Next of kin. Gotcha. I... I'm pretty sure my next of kin is my mom. Yeah. Um, Which I guess, like, no, do I really want is, Alistair in charge of my... <laughs> that's true. But on no planet, on no planet would my brother be my next of kin. No, not Julian, yeah. And not Julian, not my real brother. I, like, <laughs> that man will pull the plug so damn quick. Mm -mm, no, 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 no. I need somebody who care about me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why it's like, it would make sense if she would have already had Ethan on there. But, you know, sometimes people, I mean, she's so young. So those, when you're young like that, people don't think about those things. So I would have just assumed that she didn't have one. Um, but her being like an heiress and stuff, maybe that's why she it's, did. It's interesting because Julian's her next of kin, but Ethan is the executor of her will. Yeah. So I guess he can make the decisions for Julian. That's what I was and like. How did we get past this loophole? Because I thought, oh, they're gonna have to call Julian. Me too. Uh, and he's definitely and gonna they, pull the plug. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then they just bypassed that. They were like, all right, here, here you go. It's Ethan. We've decided yeah. it's Ethan today. Yeah, they just didn't even do anything about. It. They didn't even call Julian. It was mm -mm. weird. It was odd. That's what I was waiting for. I mean, they called. To, they called to let him know that somebody was trying to steal her like jewelry, but they didn't call to tell him that, that she's she was alive. alive? And might need to go off of life support. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's odd. It's quite odd. Um, but Julian, uh, not Julian, uh, Ethan mm -hmm. is the executor of her will. And in her 
her will she said that she did not want to be left kept alive by machines which yeah. i can respect yeah personally i was thinking about this because i've never thought about this before and i should mm-hmm. probably put it down in writing or something yeah i am getting older it's like i'm getting to that age where it's like i got to start thinking about like if something happens what yeah where does my money go who do i you know what do i want what are my wishes but i was thinking i was like what are my what would be my wishes and i think i will want to be kept alive for a year and if i don't come back within a year like pull the plug but give me a year y'all <laughs> that's what I, I i i said something like um feel it out give me a little time <laughs> like give me a little time to see what's going on and then use your best judgment i i trust you but like it, uh, give me give me a shot give, give me a little time yeah same 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 well ethan takes no time at all honestly he was like pull the plug (laughs) yeah he i mean he was just like this is my aunt wanted so we got to get it done and he's like looking at Luis, and Luis is like no yeah Luis gets really upset understandably so he's like well and this is why i hated this because why why we just got sheridan back just Mm -hmm. let her be in the coma for a little bit and then wake her up like why why do this part? Why yeah. did we do this? It was such a waste of time because it, it, too, yeah. it ultimately was completely moot. It was too fast. It was too fast. And it was very obvious. They were like, we got to yeah. wrap this up. Like nobody pulls the plug in three minutes. <laughs> nobody. Our passions when days last years, why were we going to spend three minutes making a decision, a life decision? you really gonna pull like you just thought that Sheridan was alive after she was dead and you're really gonna pull the plug after like two minutes Hank no. took a week to shoot her I mean like... took... honey it took a week for her to die in the first place yeah yes, yes, yeah. I, look so actually it has taken 300 and something episodes for her to die <laughs> they've been trying to kill her since episode one yeah actually she was in a coma early on which was like really actually a light nap like yeah. she wasn't and nothing was actually wrong with her. Kind of like Teresa when she went into her little coma. Yeah. Nothing and nothing was wrong with her. She just lost her will to live. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this show. Oh, so so the, they pull the plug and uh, she flatlines. It is very sad. Luis loses his shit and he's super emotional. But um Ethan sees how Luis is reacting because also we should say Luis multiple times like gets physical with Ethan about this about this decision to pull the plug and I think it's you know I think a lot of it is he he continues to have hope he continues to have hope but now he's again it's still that like that fire inside him that like I hate the crane so much it just I, I think he just goes he reverts right back to it he's like you're not even giving her a chance like Look at what she's gone through. Like, give her a chance. Like, she clocked me. Like, she did her best to try to survive that ordeal. And now you're like, well, she didn't do it. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't make it. Gotta pull the plug. I have, I, I, he's like, Ethan's like, I have too many hard choices to make right now. Either Okay, I can't deal with this. So I'm going to kill my aunt because I really need to focus on Gwen and Teresa. I can't pick. <laughs> Yeah. too many too many choices y'all are making me think too hard i'm a crane i just go places why are you making me have difficult decisions yeah i gotta pull the plug because i got i really i really gotta make this decision by midnight tonight yes. on the uh, teresa a, and gwen so i really need a, a deadline i set for myself and to free up some brain space <laughs> yeah no ethan i mean he obviously struggled with it a little bit yeah 
yeah. I, you know, it but was he on his knew, face. Yeah. I think he knew that ultimately he had to pull the plug anyway. So I think he wanted to just do it. I just don't think it's very realistic. I think a lot of people would like wait a little bit, yeah. like yeah. let, like let Julian, like tell Julian Ivy, Alistair, tell yes. them like come to the hospital. So Family people can say their fucking goodbyes to her. You and know? sadly he would have gotten the like kill her from Alistair and from Julian, but yeah. like, uh, but yeah, you're right. Consult the family, or at least talk to the one member of your family that has a heart and say, Ivy, mother, what do I do? You know? No, he was just like, this is what she said. And uh, we got to go to midnight mass. So like uh, times, times, yeah, ticking. times ticking. We got to go to church, churches and church wait, waits for no man. Like, what <laughs> is this? What was this? I, the, the fact, why did they put this? No, I understand. No, I understand why <laughs> they did it. I understand why they did it. Cause it's a fucking Christmas miracle. It's like, yeah. cause she like wakes up at like midnight or whatever. Yeah. It comes to the church. It's a Christmas miracle. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. But why? Like why? Yeah. Why do all of this like this? All that exposition just to end the storyline immediately immediately whatever so i what i don't understand is like the fact that they push this to christmas eve like yeah. we could have done this for a i would have been okay with us doing this for a day or two yeah we did it for we did it for 75 seconds like a yeah. minute and a half like <laughs> And I think it would have been cool to see some like more sincere goodbyes, like to have, you know, Julian sit there and be like, I was never really good to you, sister, yes. uh, you know, or Ivy being like, oh, you know, I, I should have been closer to you. I, you know, you and I had very similar struggles, you know, it would have, they, they could have had some good goodbyes, but no, they were like, uh, mm, we're good. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, Louise tells the comatose Sheridan because they pull the plug on her and she flatlines, but then she starts to breathe again. <laughs> the sentences that I say on this podcast, she, so she flatlines and then she starts to breathe again. And Luis gets hope. He's like, look at that. She's breathing on her own. Eve poo poos him is like, that just happens. Sometimes it might go on for yeah. a long time, but she's never going to be the same Sheridan. Even if she yeah. does wake up, it, she's just, her brain is just fucked up. She's yeah. all done. She's, she's a vegetable at this point. Yeah. And, um, Louise tells her, tells, um, Sher Sheridan, I'm going to go to mass. I'm going to go to midnight mass. I'm going to pray for a Christmas miracle. And that's what he does. They go to yeah. midnight mass and he prays for a Christmas miracle. And Sheridan walks in all, all dressed in white like an angel. Yeah. Like, where'd she get these clothes? She, I have no idea. Like, well, let's, the logistics, right? She, Did she go home? She, she gets up. Somebody, something like, who, who's helping her? They're all at midnight mass. Um, who does she talk to? One of the nameless people of Harmony and was like, y'all, take me to my cottage. Um, or, I mean... I have yeah, this ensemble. Yeah. It's perfect for the occasion. Uh, I mean, like, I would think that she would have to do some physical therapy, maybe some speech therapy, maybe. Right. I, mean, like, <laughs> I imagine there's a long road ahead of you, Sheridan. But no, 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 not on passions. No, yeah. she had to go get fabulous and go to church, honey. Yeah. She <laughs> went to church, showed up as as uh, Luis was making up, having a prayer by himself outside of the sanctuary like i don't know what you call that i'm not catholic what do you call that like the vestibule yeah yeah the the, the little uh temple that's right there beforehand yeah. yeah 
so he's like praying for Christmas miracle and he gets one. Sheridan walks in at, like an angel and they embrace you know, and they kiss. Yeah. And that's kind of where we ended this week. And I feel like I know that Sheridan is alive. We all know that Sheridan yeah. is fine. I feel like yeah. if you were watching this for the very, very first time, the way they did it makes it seem like it's possible that she's like not actually there that he's having that is, yeah or that she's either dead uh, or that uh, he's fantasizing that this is what it is yeah but, you know what i think uh i think angel 45 who played Catherine, was like you know what i got you i'm just gonna re-energize you give you a I little got you, girl. yeah like popeye and you're you're gonna walk right out of that hospital <laughs> <A> little spinach <laughs> all right so let's move on that's that's it for shawis this week and I feel like I talked so long about that. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I feel like I've taken up so much of your time. Not at all. Don't worry. It's fun. Okay. It's great. Okay. I'm glad you're having fun. Oh, I always feel like I need to like push through because no, I don't want to take what, up people's time. What you do is so, I mean, like I, when I would do this, it's, it's so hard to summarize what you've watched and to like, I think what you do, you do such a great job of really, like, really co- compacting all of it and just kind of, because it's five episodes. And even though not a lot happens in five episodes, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. All of the storylines that they cram into it. So yeah, no, I totally get it. All right. Thank you. All right. So yeah. let's talk about fate. Not honestly, not a lot here this week. Not a lot. Not a lot here this week. So, uh, here is the here are the bullet points. Tabitha reads Teresa's future in her tea leaves. She predicts that she would be wearing a veil at church and crying, which Teresa took to mean she would be marrying Ethan soon. Okay. Uh, Gwen told Teresa that even if Ethan did choose her, she would never let him marry her. Ooh, yeah. child. And Ethan finally makes his decision at midnight mass. On the Chad and Whitney front, Dr. Russell apologizes to Chad for the way she's treated him and gives her ble- gives her blessing for him to be in her daughter's lives. And Chad and Whitney kiss. So let's let's talk about Teresa real quick. Um, my girl, I love I love Teresa, but she is uh, I don't know. Yeah. So I, this uh, is not. I don't understand. Actually, I don't understand Ethan or Teresa in this moment, or or Gwen. Honestly, yeah. Actually, I do understand Gwen because Gwen's a villain. So of course she's like yeah, yeah. shitty. But All like Sheridan is dead, y'all. Like this woman just died again. Like, can we take and, a moment to give her her time? At one point, uh, I I don't know if it's the episodes before or this one, but I was so happy that Polar's like. Can you honestly be thinking about yourself right now when your brother is going through the hardest thing he will ever have to face? And of course, it's always Pilar and it's always Whitney that has to tell Teresa, like, girl, we get it. You love him. But can you just think about somebody else for five seconds? But even when she thinks about somebody else, she finds a way to be like, wow, you have a really pretty purple dress on. That purple reminds me of the day that I went to the carnival with Ethan. It's like, yeah. how, do you, how do you go back? Yes. She always manages to figure it out. Every, my, uh, all, all roads lead to her and Ethan for her. Yes. All roads. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. I will say, again, I slept on Teresa, and my mom was so mad because, again, I had a huge crush on Charity. And in Spanish, my mom was like, pero por qué? Ya no tiene chistes. She would always be like, Teresa had, I mean, Teresa, uh, 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 Charity has no flavor. She has nothing about her to like. And I'm with your mom. Yes, she, she, I knew you would get along. You would get along with Mama Vera just <laughs> fine. Um, but she'd be like, Teresa, que bonita, Teresa. And she was. I'm like, I look at her, I'm like, God, she's so beautiful. And the actress is so talented. Uh, Lindsay is 
fantastic. And it's like those big eyes. I mean, those eyes are like mesmerizing. And then I just always remember anytime Teresa would just be like, but mama, but mama, and you know, but Ethan, Ethan, and like the crying, my mom would always say the same thing. Every episode, she'd be like, ay, pobrecita Teresa, Teresa, te duele la cabeza. She would always same thing over and over poor Teresa her head hurts but it sounds way better in Spanish because right. yeah, it does <laughs> no I you know I love I love Teresa and again I yeah. do think that she is just the most beautiful woman in the fucking world I yeah. think she is just so gorgeous when I think of passions I think Tabitha and Timmy first but I think Teresa like that to me it's about Teresa it's her show yeah it, Tabitha and Timmy for sure, iconic. Yeah. And yes. yes, when you think passions, that when I say something about passions to someone who like is like, oh, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, it was a soap opera and it had like that witch. Like, do you remember it had the show that had the witch and the doll? And yeah. people remember that immediately. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, I do remember that show that had the witch and the doll. But yeah. for anybody who I feel like for anybody who like watched soaps or watched passion specifically, like Teresa is this show. Like yes. So, so much I, of this show is about her. Yeah. And, and you know, I, and I don't know if we'll jump into this now or later because we're getting into some magic with uh, Tabitha reading her tea leaves and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it was always so I, I, I loved looking at that stuff. Um, and uh, if, if that where we're going or we're going to go to Ethan. Uh, uh, to we got, no, we're going to start. We're going to start with the tea leaves. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The tea leaf stuff. Um, I was always intrigued by that, but uh, my mom and Pilar were one in the same because Pilar's like, I'm not having any of that shit. Get that brujeria out of my way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was like, hell no. I mean, and, and I'm like sitting there going, I'm, I love Tabitha. I love Juliet Mills. Like I, I love her so much, but if I'm Pilar, I'm straight up like that lady's a bruja. Like she's a witch. Yeah. Like how does no, I mean like, and they're just like, kooky little old lady i'm like that lady's got tarot cards she's saying let me read your tea leaves and see what's going on i mean like and, and pilar's acting in that is so good she's got the side eye perfect on yeah on she Tabitha. can't stand it she yeah. can't stand it she's like get this witchcraft out of here yeah. and i don't want this evil this is in this is inviting evil into your home like mm -hmm. very let much. me tell you when i was young i went to a walden books that's how long ago it was oh uh, i remember walden books uh -huh. i used to love walden books oh heck yeah and i'm perusing through and i found a deck of tarot cards and i was like oh my god i'm gonna learn how to read the tarot and be like tabitha like almost like i'm gonna do this and i learned a little bit my mom found them she threw that shit in the trash she's like not in my house Mm -mm. devil be gone she threw that shit away and you're in texas right oh yeah okay yeah i grew up in tennessee so i know like there's a lot of that in tennessee in the south in general like you know you can't harry Potter, like you can't read harry potter and mm -hmm. my and my parents it's weird my parents pick like would pick and choose times when they felt like they wanted to be like extremely religious exactly <laughs> and i remember um we couldn't like we weren't supposed to read harry potter yeah um but then my dad took me and my brother to the movies and bought us a ticket to see Harry Potter while he was going to see another movie because it was like the only movie that was playing that was like appropriate for us to go see. Yeah. And he was like going to see something else that was like rated R and he sent us to the other. So it's like, he didn't, he didn't really care. Yeah, no. And, and my mom, my mom was way, my, my brother and I were 10 years apart. So she was way stricter on him than she was on me. But at the same time, when I had those tarot cards, she like, yeah, she was like, yeet, throw them out of the, throw them out of the house. <laughs> um, but 
at the same time, I was just like, my, it's like a game. It's like Milton Bradley, you know, like it's, it, if you, it's only serious if you put time into it. She was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, I finally got a new set and this one she approves of because it's the Golden Girls. So oh, I love I, it. Again, I am <gasps> not, not the great, I, I, I dabbled in it. I'm not the best at it. I can still remember some things, but this one I just got because I'm like, it's a Golden Girls tarot card set. There's no evil in this. It's just pure happiness. Eric, you, we have to read read our things on the post show. You have to read the tarot cards. You have to do Oh, I'm reading. so rusty. I wouldn't know what to do. I bought them just because I was like, it's the Golden Girls. I got to have them. But I, I, you know I, what? I know nothing about it. I know nothing about tarot cards, but I love when I have somebody's tarot cards and like, I don't know, I get drunk and I'll fuck around at people's houses mm -hmm. and stuff. And I'll it's just fun. like start doing readings. And I'm just like, I don't know what any of the cards actually are. It's just like yeah. the night, the night says like, like you, I, you've pulled I've, the, the rip, I've, the reaper, the death yes. is coming for you. Like, girl, I don't that's know. Basically that's, it's just storytelling. Right. And it comes to actors very easily. I was, when I, when we were in middle school, I did them for my friends and my friend to this day, he will still be like, don't you remember what you read in my cards? And I'm like, bro, I, I was just, having fun it was like parker brothers like milton bradley fun I, I swear to god it didn't mean anything but it happened i'm like maybe you willed it to happen i i, I swear it's nothing right. like that and like, if i had some powers i'd be i'd be you know stealing souls and doing much more fun stuff than uh predicting other things right like the i would just be putting money in my bank account yeah small increments yeah like paycheck like paycheck yeah. amount <laughs> like for, yeah, uh, for a decent six-figure job uh, like that's what i'll be doing if i have money i mean yeah, if i we have power there we will get there soon but i i uh i think tabitha was the smartest when she was using her powers to hide from the irs that is exactly what i would do with my powers yes but i just don't understand why it why they can see that she has 300 years worth of back taxes <laughs> on her house like she clearly didn't do a good job of hiding like you should have completely deleted it with your powers yeah. it shouldn't come back it shouldn't show up, but you know what? That's neither here nor there. All right. Well, di we digress. Let's talk about, okay, Faith, Teresa, Tabitha. Tabitha's at the Bennett's house. Everybody's at the Bennett house. Everybody but the men who are yeah. on the rescue mission and Eve, who has been thrown into the ocean. So <laughs> um, Tabitha is like reading everybody's tea leaves as a fun little parlor game, yeah. whatever. And she, um, Pilar's like super against it. She's like, no, one, it's like, witchcraft and two yeah. she's worried that um tabitha will say something that will just get teresa's hopes up yeah. for yeah. Ethan. and uh tabitha reads the tea leaf she she <laughs> she puts down teresa's and she picks up pilar's and she's like well let me read yours then it's like if yeah. i don't want you to read my daughter's i don't want you to read mine either but she does it anyway and well, she's tabitha's smart about it too because she looks down at them and she's like oh well I, it, are you, sh I mean, she is a good, like, you know, she, she is a really good tarot card reader in the, like, how, or, or like a, a tea leaf reader, you know, that, that way of getting you in. I, I didn't want to use the word carny. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not the word I'm looking for, She's but like drawing people in she, like, like, a like, or like a con artist. Yeah. <laughs> like a con artist, right? Like that somebody to like, get you to play along for a little bit, you know, yeah. and she does a great job because they're, they are intrigued. I mean, of course, Teresa, Teresa does believe in these things. Yeah. And she really does later on tell, tell Tabitha, I really do think you can see the, the future. And I think uh, enough crazy crap has happened in Harmony that they're like, Tabitha has, like, like they know something about Tabitha, but there's this weird little veil over their eyes 
where they suspend this belief. I don't know. But, I don't uh, know either because we just had the fireball. Like they, it's crazy how short their memories are of yeah. things. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, this isn't real. That couldn't possibly be real. That couldn't possibly happen. It's like, y'all just survived a, a magic fireball that was destroyed by a magic light from a box Gracie so, angels i mean like there's all of these proof all this proof around them but they don't they're like mm, and tabitha's a kooky old lady yeah. <laughs> so tabitha does manage to read pilar's tea leaves and she tells pilar that a man is coming back into her life a very uh a man after a very long absent he's been yes. gone for a long time a man she misses terribly and never stopped loving and miguel and Teresa start to speculate Teresa's like maybe it's papa and miguel's yeah. like or antonio yeah and like so i mean it could be either or right yeah it could be either or they're i mean we know it could I be know. either or <laughs> i know i'm sitting there going oh geez here we go I, what is exciting about this is i'm remembering storylines and i'm like Okay, this is going to be fun because they're already giving us, and I can see, right, because it's Christmas Eve, that means they're wrapping up the end of the, the that year. So they really are, the writers are really giving us some, these things are coming, which I think is fun. Like to use Tabitha that way to say, just so you know, if you tune in, you know, some Pilar's got a man coming in, which I wish to hell that Pilar would meet a nice man at some point. I know, it's fucked up. Yeah, because she is such a catch. I really love Pilar. If Pilar were, if Pilar spent 50% of the time she spends on other people on herself, yeah. like I think she would be much happier. Like, yeah. She's put yeah. so much effort into everybody else and doesn't do anything for herself. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why she can't they don't give her a love interest i think yeah part of the, they know she's busy. her plate is full she's got too many kids kids that are here kids that are not here um so she and 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 in a in typical mexican fashion it's all about the kids she she puts her kids first before herself um i will always say that it's so funny to call her pilar pilar because my mom was like pilar like she would say her name correctly. Right. Um, and uh, she would she would call them by their like Teresa. She would say those things. And it's like, and then I would be like, yeah, Teresa and Pilar. <laughs> I love when they emphasize P-E-E-L-A-R. Yeah. Pilar. Pilar. I'm like, that's a that's re that's heavy. It Pilar's <laughs> okay. We can do Pilar. I know you can, people. Um, yeah. the people in Harmony are like, Pilar is on her way. <laughs> Pilar is making her annual tamales. Yeah. <laughs> It was really hard to sit through that. I was like, oh, God. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, Pilar is having her tea leaves read. <laughs> no, but she, you know, Tabitha tells her this. She gets a little uncomfortable with yeah. it. And then Tabitha's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make people yeah. uncomfortable. And she, she basically leaves. She's like, I'm going to oh. leave. Before, oh, before that happens, but when she does say that she's, she's like, oh, I'm, Oh, you know, Tabitha's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, oh, I look at what this kooky old lady has done again. No wonder never, and no one ever invites me over. Yeah. And then it's like dead silent. The phone rings and no one consoles. Grace's like, I got to get the phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> nobody tries to like Christmas spirit be like, no, Tabitha, we love you. You're always welcome. I'm no. such a kooky lady. Nobody loves me. And they're like, your doll does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We 
we think that doll really likes you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so she's leaving and Teresa catches her in the backyard and Gwen shows up. Uh, Gwen's just like hiding in the bushes. She's in Tabitha's regular yeah. hiding spot. Yes. Like in the bushes at the Bennett home, like spying. Yeah. I don't know what like, she's doing there. Like Michael Myers, like emerges from the shadows. It is incredible horror shot where she just magically shows up and I'm like have you been there the whole time like what are you doing yeah so Teresa has no life and is a stalker uh your hello kettle right pot meat kettle um so Teresa catches up with Tabitha and asks what she saw in her tea leaf she's like I really want to know and Tabitha tells her I saw you crying in church with a veil on and Teresa takes this to mean that Ethan's going to ask me to marry him tonight. Yeah. I don't know where she gets this stuff. No, I don't know where I, she gets it. And I, I love I, I love that she goes there and she's like, yes, it's done. It's complete. And whereas Tabitha, of course, in that beautiful um, soap opera acting is like, of course, Teresa, people wear veils for other reasons at church. Yeah, like, people yeah. also wear veils mm. at funerals. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, she didn't say you were wearing a white dress. She just said you were at church crying in a veil. Yeah. yeah. But Teresa does cry a lot. So that attracts yeah. oh, yeah. her. Well, She's like, of so course that, I'll cry oh, on wedding So that's uh, going to happen on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, like, those are all right. the days for Teresa. I cry a lot. Which day is it going to be? I cry a lot. Um, so if somebody told me that, I would wear a veil all the time to make sure it happened. <laughs> They'd be so, like, you're going to get married. Oh, I'll just wear a veil every day. Just put so that on I make my veil sure now. That, yeah. Why do you wearing veils all the time? Mm-hmm. Making a fashion statement. Because every day is my wedding day. Yeah. <laughs> every day is my wedding day. Um, so as Teresa is running off, she's like, I got to go. T-. My favorite part was after T- Tabitha tells her she's going to be crying in church with a veil on. She thinks she's going to get married to Ethan. She says, Ethan's going to go. Ethan's going to propose to me tonight. Then she says, I got to go tell Ethan the good news. <laughs> Can you imagine like- her? Going up, going up to Ethan, and God bless him, he's he's struggling with his aunt passing away, but being like, you know that crazy lady that lives in my neighborhood? She told me we're getting married, so you picked me, right? I mean, like, I, yeah. How do, you, I, what do you, how do you say that? I know your aunt's, like, in a coma, but I got some really good news. <laughs> like, the fuck? I really got some good news from these tea leaves. I really wanted to share it with you. It's really your news. Yeah. <laughs> It's really about you because you are supposed to be proposing to me tonight. I just thought yeah. you should know. I just and thought you should know. I love that because it, you know, Teresa walks off and then Gwen just sees it and walks away. And I'm like, did Tabitha see Gwen? Like, or <laughs> could they not have like a hello, like right. interaction? That, for, like Gwen had to walk right past Tabitha, but you who Tabitha doesn't give a fuck. Tabitha's <laughs> going back to her house. She's got other deals and shit to deal with. She's like, fuck these people. So then Gwen like stops Teresa because yeah. Teresa's like off to skipping off to give Ethan the good news that she yes. said. And Gwen stops her and is like, give it up, Teresa. I've won. You know, they do the same back and forth. They always do. I've won. He's mine. He's never going to marry you. You're so desperate. The fact that she called Teresa desperate was like, yeah. it, it threw me because baby I girl, was like the des the desperation pouring off of you yeah. the way you are at this house spying yeah. on this girl like yeah. re- really you're and you are a grown grown woman with like yeah. uh, an executive's job and you have stooped so low yeah and uh she tells Teresa 
Ethan's never going to marry you. And if he, if he proposes to you, I'll never, I'll never let him marry you. Like threats, yeah. shots fired. I, I, I got to say with, with, uh, when I remember watching Passions, part of getting excited was about watching Teresa and Gwen go at it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I'm always going to have respect for my OG Gwen. And I do love eventually she will come back because to me, I love, she was just, I don't know. She had such a good handle of being mean and angry and ugly and manipulative. But I also, I, I always called them hot Gwen and OG Gwen. Like I was like, oh, here's hot Gwen. Because I was like, I had, I had a, I had a crush on, on this Gwen, which is, she's a great actress still. I mean, they're still working, still doing incredible things. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is so cool that they share this role and I love them both in it. Uh, I just, there was something about the blonde Gwen that was like, had this like fire, like anger, hatred. Yeah, I've awesome. said this before. Um, so people, apologies, apologies if other people yeah. have heard this a million times. The first thing is Gwen has to be blonde. That yeah. for me, Gwen has to be blonde because I feel like that was such a big part of the very beginning of Teresa yeah. saying like, he's with that, she's a blonde and I'm just a brunette. And like, yeah. they're all like that blonde versus, I just feel like Gwen has to be a blonde. Mm -hmm. And then we've talked about on the show before too, where this second Gwen is great. Natalie Zay is I great, but she does give, she does give Gwen like some more humanity yes. and she's not as great as at the vicious part at the viciousness yeah. but the problem with Liza original Gwen yeah. OG is that she like has one level a lot yes. like she's just like mean and nasty yeah. and evil and like yes yeah. for so yeah so but I do agree with you. I prefer original Gwen yeah. personally. And, and just as a guest on here, I just wanted to like give shout out to both of them. I'm like, I remember how long watching this series and seeing those two people play that part. I was like, I, I like them both. Um, and seeing them in other projects makes me so happy. Like I saw this Gwen uh, just recently on TV and I was like, Hey, it's Gwen. It's second Gwen. You yeah. Know, she's exciting. in a new show. She's in a new yeah. show called Ah, I forgot I Bridge I to Terabithia. I'm like saying yeah. Bridge to Terabithia, but that is yeah. not it. Um, it's like something about the ground opens up. I can't remember. Yeah, but I was so, I mean, it's so cool to see them. I, I digress. I just, uh, watching, watching Gwen go after Teresa and like confronting her. It, it's just like, it's so funny when Gwen decides to, to be all high and mighty, but then she's in somebody's random stranger's yard and goes after Teresa and is like, you're never going to have him. I like that she was, she said something along the lines of like, um, yeah, I doubt Ethan will ever pick you, but if he did, I would make sure that he never married you. Right. It's like, okay, so her main goal at this point is it's a competition and she wants to beat Teresa. Yeah, her issue, she doesn't, Gwen does not, I've said this so many times, Gwen does not care about Ethan at all anymore. Mm -hmm. Her mm -hmm. main objective is to destroy Teresa. Like her yeah. main objective is like, and even if Gwen doesn't know it yet, that yeah. is her, that is what she is doing. That's what she wants to do. She does not care about Ethan. Ethan would be great and she would love the power and the money and it would make her mom happy and make her mom shut the fuck up. But <laughs> at the end of the day, her issue is that she wants Teresa to lose. 
it's not about Ethan at all. She just wants Teresa to lose. Um, she even says, uh, Teresa says to Gwen, you know, people like you are so entitled. You think that you deserve everything just because you want it. You think you're supposed to get any and everything just because it's what you want. And, and Gwen retorts, well, it's all about the haves and the have-nots, isn't it? Yes. And then Teresa says, even the haves can't get what yes. they want all the time. I love I when it. she said that. Mm -hmm. It was like, good, let her know, because that's true. Not everyone's going to get what they want. You could have all the money in the world, but it does not mean that you get to pick who you want and they're going to be forced to love you. And I thought Teresa, Teresa actually had good clapbacks for once. She didn't sit down and was like, uh, you know, she was like, no, Gwen. She. This is where she, I, know, I remember the shift where Teresa's like, I'm not, you can't scare me anymore. I mean, you already came to my house with a bat. I'm done. Two nights ago, let us not yeah. forget. <laughs> Not, let us not forget that was two days ago that she did that. It hasn't Every, even been a full 42 hours. Again, I know it, I don't want to rehash the past, but like I remember those episodes vividly because my mom was like, what is her problem? Like, hell no. Like that's where Pilar, if, if we had a Mexican writer in the group, they would have been like, Pilar would have beat some ass and not just been like, be careful, Teresa, watch out. No, ass would have been beat. Yeah, it's two of, of us and bat. it's two of us and one of you. Girl, <laughs> stop playing. You went you are this is not happening in my house. Not yeah. not in my house. Yeah, it um, was an event. It was an event. So that's why I was like, I just gotta say those things about that because that baseball day, it was an event. It's iconic. It's so iconic. But um, so this they're having this back and forth. Pilar comes out and gives them the news. Sheridan might still be alive. Everybody's going to the cemetery to dig up her grave. So Which everybody that, rushes That off was off cemetery. stage, right? That was off camera. We never saw Grace have that conversation, right? Like, Grace didn't get uh, it. Grace got a phone call that the boys were safe, but they didn't tell her that Sheridan was alive. Somebody called Grace, and I guess Grace called Pilar. I don't actually, yeah. I don't know. I think it I, happened yeah, I don't know. off. But I was like, oh, okay. All right. They know now. I mean, they needed the information and then they, they got the information. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody rushes off to the grave to, to dig up Sheridan, I guess. Uh, at the cemetery. And again, the timing in this show is so fucking crazy. So at the cemetery, all that shit happens with um, Sheridan. They dig her up. She's basically dead. She takes a breath, blah, blah, blah. In these moments, before, she, before they rush Sheridan to the hospital, Ethan takes this moment to tell the girls, I'm going to make my decision tonight. Why are you thinking about this? Like, why is that? Why is that your priority right now? I, I just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. He tries to pass it off like life is too short, as we obviously can see with my aunt dying. So I'm going to make a choice and it's going to be at 12 o'clock midnight, Eastern Standard Time. It was like, what are you we can't, make, so, we can't take the, we can't do this tomorrow or the day after. Like, take some time to grieve. Yeah. Be with yourself for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you, ugh, I don't like Ethan. Yeah. But that's that's a whole other yeah. issue that I'm not gonna go down that. I'm gonna go off my on my and diatribe. I, all I will say is uh I liked second Ethan more than first Ethan. Everybody does. <laughs> I, I like, seriously, I don't think I've encountered a person like on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, 
who was like, oh my gosh, yeah. we love first Ethan. A lot of people, when I post clips with this Ethan, a lot of people are like, I don't remember him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's I'm going to be quiet. Because I honestly, I like Ethan. I don't have anything against that actor, right? Yes, like, exactly. Yes. I mean, I don't like Ethan, but I don't have anything against the actor, yes, Travis. Exactly. No, he's obviously. Good. I remember seeing him in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I'm like, hey, oh, yeah. Ethan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's done well for himself. Yeah. He played Subway in Community. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah. yeah, no, he's funny. Um, so they rush off to the cemetery. They okay, so Ethan tells them, I'm gonna make my decision, you know, tonight. I, I'm sorry for all the, the pain and hurt I've put you girls through, but I'm gonna yeah. make my de decision tonight. And it seems like he's about to like tell them, but then Sheridan breathes. So we rush, we rush off to the hospital, right? Yeah. Then at the hospital, he's dealing with the dilemma of do I or don't I pull the plug on Sheridan? And um, he pulls the plug and he tells again, he tells the girl, um, girls, I'm going to ask one of you to marry me before midnight yeah. mass. So everybody gets ready for midnight mass. He tells everybody I'm going to make this fucking announcement. He tells his, he tells his mom, it's Pilar, Julian gets wind of it. Rebecca, everybody knows. So everybody decides to go to mass not for Christmas, not for Jesus, but for Ethan's proposal. Okay. So they go to mass and Ethan goes in and he sits down with his family. Cause that's what you do at mass. Yeah. yeah. He sits down with his family, but of course, Rebecca and Gwen are there. So yeah. he sits down with them. Teresa takes this to mean he chose her. Yeah. So then at one point during the processional where, and yeah. I think they were singing like angels we have heard on high. I yeah. don't know what it was. But Ethan walks across the aisle during the processional. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just the singer in me. Maybe it's just the performer in me. I've had a lot of church gigs. I've done a lot of Christmas masses. I've done a lot of like things like that in church. And it's just like gone to church. Yeah. I'm like, this is inappropriate, sir. Uh, I, I promise you any priest would have been like, uh, por favor, uh, sir, sit down. You need to yeah. sit down. Like yeah masses it's christmas it's it's the biggest mass of the year and Jesus then die for your sins yes. you can't wait you can't wait 10 minutes 30 minutes for a mass yeah it's his birthday <laughs> <laughs> it's his freaking birthday you're ruining it yeah so, so he walks across the aisle and he teresa's like ethan I, I, I hope you and Gwen have a very long and happy life together. All I ever wanted was your happiness. Aww. Also, I do want to say, I don't love this like trope between both of these women where they're like, all I care about is your happiness. Bullshit you do. Bullshit. I'm sorry. Like if I'm in a relationship with somebody, I don't just care about your happiness. Yeah. I care about our happiness. Mine exactly. and yours. Or either one of you would have given up already and let somebody else move in and then said, I'm done. Go be happy. Yeah. Exactly. But she says, I only ever wanted you to be happy. And he's like, you didn't under, you don't understand, Teresa. I just had to let Gwen down easy, but I want to marry you. You are the love yeah. of my life. You're the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. He gets down on bended knee and he mm -hmm. says, you're the only woman for me, Teresa. Make me the happiest man in the world and be my wife. Will you marry me? And yes. she, of course, says yes. And that is where we end it with them. And oh yeah, I'm gonna say I I was like, hey, give me some church tongue. Uh, learn learn from wedding singer because that was excessive. Jesus, 
I'm not even trying to take the Lord's name in vain. I'm just like, it's Jesus's birthday. I was like, have some respect. That was no church tongue. That was not church tongue. Drew Barrymore taught us better. Respect for Jesus. It's his birthday and you're in his house. Like Making out. (laughs) Making out. Yeah, so let's very quickly talk about Chad and Whitney. Yes, I'm happy I got a little bit of Chad and Whitney. They weren't there that much, but I was excited to talk about Whitney because I, I really like Whitney. I, I, I like the actress so much. Oh, she's my so God, Brooke. Oh, my God. She's, she's so good. She's so good. She's so beautiful. I, yes. I, yes, I love I love Brooke Kerr. I love, I, I'm starting to like Whitney better. Um, yeah. She's has been unbearable for the last yes no I I heard a couple of those episodes and I was like all right I was like I uh I I struggle with the Simone Whitney thing because I'm like Simone obviously would love Chad in a very very different sincere way when you really look back on it I hadn't in a while and so when I see that it it I'm like god Whitney's so mean to Chad like this is hard and and I'm like Simone would get on my nerves because I was like obviously the writers make me want to want uh Chad and Whitney together but I'm looking back on it I'm like god all all Simone is saying is like you you're mean to him like I love I would take care of him I would love him I would and and when all of the doubt about that fake conversation with Ekeba and all that stuff she never doubted him so like Mm -hmm. I am slowly I'm looking at these episodes going all right Whitney gets a strike that she didn't have the first time I ever saw it. Watching it with adult eyes is very different. Yeah. Watching it 20 years, adult eyes and 20 years removed from that time period. So it's like, uh, yeah, I, and I've said this multiple times too. I identify, identify very heavily with Simone in Mm -hmm. these early episodes Mm -hmm. and cause she's just like rock solid and a good friend, a good person. She's trying, and, and she yeah. has been living in that shadow of that sister for so yes. long. And she, all she's saying is like, you know, I just want something for me. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, but, you know, to the thing about Chad is, you know, you like what you like, you love who you yeah. love. Uh-huh. And, and it's unfortunate that he couldn't see the good and so like, yeah, romantically see and, Simone as a partner, and, and I and, could never figure out the age, the age range between the two, between the three of them. I could never figure it out. Okay, back so then this or now, this is where I'm at with it. I believe that Whitney, because we just we just found out that Teresa is basically 18. Um, Got it. Okay, we just found that out. Yeah. So I believe Whitney and Teresa are the same age, 18. Yeah. I'm gonna say that Teresa. I'm gonna say Whitney is 18. That they've both graduated high school even though nothing was done about that in this show um Simone I believe is a junior in high school so I'm gonna say that Simone is about 16 and I think Chad is about 20 years old okay because Eve's relationship with um Julian happened 20 years ago so we we think that Chad is about Uh, 20 years old so there's about two years difference between all of them 2018 to 16 thank you for that so with that said with that said now that I'm saying it out loud Chad is too old for for Simone that's what I always (laughs) thought that's what I always thought when I watched it back then I'm like you're in the way like 
you, you're not, again, you know, I guess if they were older, you know, it would make more sense. But I was always like, kid sister, you're in the way, like let Whitney do her thing. But at the same time, like Whitney doesn't want him or Whitney, you know, Whitney does, but she keeps putting this facade on that. She's like my tennis career, my tennis career. So I'm like, I was like, okay, I don't know who to root for anymore. I just want Chad to be happy at this point. Exactly. That's how I feel too. And she abuses him. Whitney abuses him a lot. She's very verbally abusive to him, but, um, but I will say, so we're saying that I'm saying that Chad is too old for, for, Simone however if we're just going with like the canon of the show yeah Ethan is too old for Teresa so if that's okay in the show then Then this is also okay thank you yeah so eh, but whatever and thank you for letting me chat about that again I just again as a guest I'm like I'm happy I got a little bit of my my feelings out for the Chad and Whitney storyline but it is I love talking about it. Yeah, no. And in this episode, it's so nice. Like I put on oh, Dr. Russell and Chad reunited and she's so happy that he's alive. And like, she looks genuinely like, again, kudos to the actress. Cause she's just like, it's all in her face that she's so happy Chad's alive. Cause that's all she cared about on that boat. Yeah. They, um, they did a good oh, and job. Sheridan with too, I guess. Yeah, they did a good job with this. So we get to the hospital after the boat and everything. And after Eve gets all cleaned up and everything, she goes to TC and tells him, I got to break the news to you. Chad is dead. I watched him die. I watched him die. And TC knows Chad isn't dead. And he's just standing there like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. And then Chad calls from one of the like stalls. They're like an emergency room. He calls, Dr. Russell, is that you? Dr. Russell. And so she sees him. She's so thrilled to see that he is actually alive. He's thrilled to see she's alive. He thought she was dead. She thought he was dead. So they embraced. And she, this was really good. Yeah. She, and it was necessary. Yeah. Because I want to talk about this. She gives Chad a great apology. She Mm -hmm. tells him, I was so wrong about you. I am so sorry. Um... She says, I'm sorry for thinking the worst about you and says from the moment she saw him, there was something about her, him that scared her. And she's so sorry. She let that happen. And she says she was afraid because he was different. And Chad tries to let her off the hook a little bit yeah, and says, you know, you were worried that I'd be a bad influence on your daughters. Like, I understand, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. And she says, no. I shouldn't have done it. It was wrong. I I was completely wrong. And I want to talk about this for a minute. He, she also says, you know, if you want, I think you are a wonderful young man and my daughters would be lucky to have you in their lives. I'm going to do everything I can to help you find your family. Like TC says from now on, you are basically blood. Like you are our family, but I do want to talk about this and I've brought this up before, but this particular apology is so interesting because I've said this before the way they put such bigoted sentiments in the mouths of black people mm-hmm. about other black people about yeah. another black person is so frustrating to me and this specific apology I've had said to me by yeah. like white a white woman so yeah. and and it's like and it and it It just, it just made me feel very, like, it's a good apology. I'm glad they did this for Eve, but they shouldn't have done it in the first fucking place. 
I, 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 I agree with you. And, and now with what I do now uh, versus what I was doing when I was watching it, I was not thinking about these larger scale issues. Right. And I'm going, what did the writer's room look like? I really want to know what the writer's room looked like, because at this point I'm sitting there going, I, I guess I always attributed this to, uh, to Eve's like classism, like that she felt like she was up on up in an upper class versus like Chad who was down at the in the gutter. And I'm like, the whole point of this is Eve, you you and Chad have very similar upbringings. Like you you went through a lot of hardships. Like and if anyone understood where Chad was coming from, it should be you. And I think that that is this thing where she has tried to put her life like that life up past her, but to hear it and to see um, this mother, this black mother figure talk to him in those ways. It's so hard to sit there and watch it, especially when we're led to believe that Eve is Chad's mother. It's so difficult to watch her be so mean to him mm-hmm. over and over again. So yeah. when they get this apology, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's like, oh, um, it, 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 it just, it, it riles up feelings. It was a necessary, it was a necessary apology. And I'm so glad my favorite part about this was that when Chad tried to let her off the hook, she didn't let him let her Mm -hmm. off the hook. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really appreciated that about this. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that's a thing that a lot of minorities do when they encounter like racist issues where, where someone does something that is racist towards you or says something that is, um, insensitive and then when they apologize a lot of black people i can't speak for any other minorities but i do know that a lot of black people are like try to make that other person feel better and more comfortable and then they accept that they're like yeah you know i didn't i you know i didn't mean it you know my heart like la 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 but but i love that eve was like I'm taking full responsibility yeah. for this. Like you, I refuse to be let off the hook. I fucked up. So I do like that apology to speak about the writer's room. Like, you know, that writer's room, like, you know, that writer's I, room was right and old yeah. because, because the fact that we still 300 and something episodes in still don't know that Pilar and her family are Mexican. Yeah. We still don't yeah. know that. They still haven't decided on that. Yeah. You know, they still are saying like the old country, yes. <laughs> you know, and like Latin food, like they're yeah. not saying, giving them a specific ethnicity. Yeah. And c- because these white people just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. They they're like, decided. We'll what, a Guatemalan, the- Mexican, they're all the same. Well, and, and that was my thing too. Cause I was like, I was like, where is this new England? I was like, I don't, I guess there's Mexicans in new England. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure there are. I just, you know, I, and back then I was like, Oh, well, because I, I, you know, I guess we, and again, uh, we put ourselves in what we watch. And so I was always like, oh no. But then eventually they do start putting in a little bit more Mexican themes in there. And so like, yeah, it, it starts to be a little bit more evident. But yeah, it, it is, uh, yeah, the writer's room, yes. And I look at it now and I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I can't wait to put this in my dissertation because I was going to be like, yeah, like the first time I saw Latinos in, in shows, I have a couple examples and I was going to talk about passions and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait to talk about the fact that Pilar's the only one at this point that is like a Latina. So uh, yeah, anyways, with Eve and Chad, I, I am happy that they f- that she finally was able to 
open her eyes a little bit. Now I'm sure at some point she might regress and go backwards again, because that's just what we do on soap operas. But this, the holiday feeling like Sheridan's dying, there's miracles happening, but the fact that they're able to like bury the hatchet, it, it was really nice. It was like, oh, good. Give Chad a break for like five Give seconds. Give Chad a break. This poor baby, this poor child has been shot. She said Chad got shot, but Chad got shot two times and thrown into the ocean. Like, he has been almost has almost you know what also actually I did want to say this it took Chad saving Whitney's life three times almost dying three times saving Eve's life being shot multiple times being pushed in the ocean and cluing everybody into the fact that Eve was like had been kidnapped before Eve was like you I'm gonna treat you as an equal yeah girl we are not equals I'm much better than you yeah like clearly I'm yeah. Superman. I mean, the, at, at, at this point, the only thing Chad has left to do is make sure that uh, he gets uh, Whitney to Wimbledon because that's all we need to, to make sure that we love this boy forever. Right. right. So uh, Eve gives her apology. It's lovely, honestly. Um, it was necessary and needed. And then she like leaves, gives basically gives Whitney and Chad her blessing. But I like, I like this because she goes, basically gives permission to be friendly in quotations with Chad. So I'm like, what did, what Dr. Russell saying? I don't know what that means. And if I'm a young teenager, I'd have been like, friendly. Hey, I'd be so excited. Right. Well, they did get excited because Chad said, yeah. Chad said to her, he said, oh yes, go. He was like, you know, I know your mom just gave you permission, but I don't want you thinking that we have to be friends just or together just because your mom said it was okay. And Whitney was like, well, you Woo. know me, I always do what my mother tells me. And then they Woo. kissed. Oh! It was so sweet. Like, I really liked that moment. No, I, I wrote in my notes, I put hot H-O-T-T. Like, that was good. I always do what my mom tells me. Oh, <laughs> Uh, they make out Eve sees it, but she doesn't seem to have an issue with it. TC tells her, you know, Whitney knows that her first priority is tennis. Well, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> I haven't seen this bitch on the court I, <laughs> since episode 100. Do you know, um, TC, I, I will say, I was like, oh, I forgot TC's pretty normal a lot. But I remember my mom and I not liking TC. And it's like, oh, wait, I'm forgetting that there's a lot of like anger issues um, that I haven't seen in these in these few episodes that we watched. I had to remind myself, I'm like, why don't I like TC? Like, I remember I was like, why don't I like him? I'm like, he's really nice in this. And then I had to remind myself as soon as he brought up tennis, I was like, oh, wait, he's got anger issues. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is like Jack Chad up a couple of times and yeah. like and Julian and he yeah. is like is like blowing his top and he's got that weird murder shed that nobody can go in. <laughs> No, TC's a problem. I mean, yeah. he's not as much of a problem as, as say, a Luis, but he yeah, is yeah, a problem. Because yeah. yeah. Luis is a problem. I, yes. He's a, a problematic individual. Zero, individual. zero to a thousand. Zero yeah. to a thousand. Yeah. So that's where we leave it with faith. So let's talk about troubled marriages. Um, Here is the summer. And this is super short. All of this is super short, actually. Yeah. Um, Rebecca starts up an affair with Julian 
with her sights set on becoming the next Mrs. Crane. Ivy finds out about the affair, but doesn't seem to care. Rebecca deduces that Sam and Ivy were having an affair after she opens Ivy's locket and finds Sam's picture. But she somehow doesn't deduce that Sam is Ethan's father based on the fact that there's a baby picture of Ethan and an old picture of Sam in this locket. I'm, I feel like I would have immediately done, thought that, but maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'm just thinking that because I've, I'm watching the show and I know about it. But she also, like, at one point um, overheard Ivy say something to Pilar about Ethan's father. I hope Ethan's father is okay. And Julian was right there in the room. So she was like, that's so that's weird. But we know she's going to figure it out. I just It's just weird to me that she hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah. Right? Um. So... Oh, Lord. So let's talk about. Um, oh, actually, I left this out, but we'll we'll just say it. Grace. Let's talk about Grace real quick. So Tabitha reads Grace's tea leaves and tells her that a man will be returning to her life soon, whom she hasn't seen in a very long time, much yeah. like Pilar's. And then the ang- the little angel girl appears to Grace and gives her zero information. Yeah, she does a drive by like she's but like, hey, girl, stuff's happening. Tabitha wasn't lying. Bye. I'm just like, no, she, yeah, she comes by. She's like, Hey girl, you still need help. Okay. Bye. Like (laughs) doesn't do anything. She, yeah. She's just like a man's coming, but it's not who you think it is because when Tabitha says that, um, Grace says to her, is like, Oh, Noah must be coming home from college. What shouldn't Noah be here? It's Christmas Eve. Let me tell you, they got kids scattered all over the planet, all of these people here in Harmony. They got kids all over all over the place. And so, yeah, every time we'd be like, whenever they talk about Noah, they talk about Fancy, they talk about Paloma. I'm like, who are these kids? Like, I have to remind, I was like, oh, yeah, they haven't showed them yet. And we won't get to them until For three years, years. Later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, Grace, yeah, Grace just assumed it was Noah, but we know uh, having seen it, uh, that it's some that's it's something else is coming her way. Something else is coming her way. It is quite interesting. All right, so that's just so you know that that's going on with Grace, but that's all that happened with her. Yeah, but it is it it's in trouble marriages because the man who's coming back for her ain't Noah. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, um, over at the mansion, Rebecca yeah. and Julian are like doing all this silly Christmas stuff. And they're getting lit. They're like, well, Julian specifically is like uh, pouring down that uh, eggnog and it's just like, ah, my sister's dead. But you know what? It's Christmas. They're like still in their funeral clothes. That's the part I cannot get over. It's <laughs> Christmas Eve. And these people, they had a funeral on Christmas Eve. Exactly. But they didn't say anything about it. Yeah. And now they're still in their funeral clothes. And decorating for Christmas and drinking eggnog. It is flabbergasting. I was flabbergasted. The gumption. I don't, I like, (laughs) so um, they're like, like you said, they can lit drinking eggnog, decorating the tree, all of this stuff. Literally, like Ivy turns her back and and, um, Julian starts to like fill um, Rebecca up, like grabs her ass, squeezes her butt, like all of this stuff. And Rebecca says something about how Gwen, Ethan will choose Gwen. Like th- their whole thing right now, they don't give a fuck about Sheridan. They don't yeah. care about anything beyond Ethan choosing Gwen. And uh, she says something about how Gwen deserves to be a crane. 
And uh, Ivy's like, oh, I recalled, and I didn't, I didn't realize this. This is new information for me that basically Rebecca, I guess, had her sights set on Julian, but yes. Ivy married him first, which, yeah. you know, honestly, that's it was some a great back, backstory information. That's it really great, is. Yeah. And I, and I think it uh, goes into it in Hidden Passions as well. They have a little bit of like, we figure out who Ivy is, who Rebecca is, and that's some good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Ivy also tells her if Ethan doesn't marry Gwen, it's like all her fault, yada, 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 who cares? But later a gift gets delivered for Ethan and Julian just opens it. And this triggered me. This really triggered me because my dad did this to me one year. (laughs) My dad did this to me one time when I was in college, my mail, my permanent address was my grandma's house. And my dad always had like his mail sent over there too. So he would like go through the mail and he was like opening my mail. And one time we had like this big fight because he opened my mail and saw that I had taken out a student loan. He got really pissed about it. And I was like, it's none of your business. Like I needed to take out the loan because I was, I had changed my major and I had to do my fifth year. Um, I had to pay for my fifth year. My first four years were paid for, but my fifth year I had to pay for. So I took out a loan because it's like, are you going to give me thousands of dollars to pay for this last year? You know? Yeah. But anyway, this triggered, I said all that to say that triggered me because my dad opened my mail and it pissed me off. My, my uh, anything that went to my house, my mom was going to open it. She's like, oh yeah, they emailed, they sent you something. Uh, you want me to open it? I'm like, you already did. She goes, yes. Okay. Well, just read, <laughs> read to me what it says. No, I look like my parent. I just never thought my dad would like do that. I didn't. Yeah. I, my mom was, it's not like that at all. Like she, I mean, she yeah. cares. She cares whatever I get, but she would never open my mail. Yeah. My dad, like, it shocked me. I thought we had, yeah. had built some trust up, man. Why are you no. opening my mail? It was the younger I was, the more she did it. The older I got, it got, it. she was just like, hey, you got a letter. Do you want me to open it? And I was like, oh, look, things change. But yeah, yeah. no, I totally, no, he just did that because he hates the fact that Alistair has has bypassed him and gone straight to Ethan. So for him, he's like, I get to do this. I I get to open this. Yeah, and I it think turns that's out, the point. Yeah, it turns out that uh, he's basically giving Gwen and Ethan a huge property. Yeah, a huge mansion for yeah. them and their children. Um, so that's that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, after that happens, like nothing happens with that. It's just interesting. Yeah, to it's know. just like. Julian's like, this is just another thing that's going to make Ethan definitely choose Gwen because he won't get this house if he marries Teresa. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Pilar comes in and tells everybody, (laughs) Pilar comes in and tells everybody Sheridan might still be alive. They just went to the cemetery to dig her up and Julian like drops, uh, he's like decorating the tree and he drops like a glass ornament because he knows that he filled her fucking grave with cement. Yeah. And so if there's any chance that Sheridan was alive, she's definitely going to die now. Yeah. He helped kill her, basically. Yeah. But he's in deep, deep denial about it. Like, I honestly, I was like, oh, Julian's so shitty. He's going to just yeah. drink and and uh, um, decorate the tree and just go on about his business, even though he knows that he's the one that filled the, the grave with cement and that he probably kind of helped kill Sheridan. Yeah. But he goes into like this denial about it, which even though I was like, he's so horrible. I also kind of understood because like, that's a really awful thing to have to live with. Yes. Even if you're, even if you are Julian and I, Julian is not, Julian is horrible, 
but Julian is not as bad as he makes himself out to be. Yes, he he just kind of felt defeated and accepted his like like this is the lot he has in life. Um, and throughout the series, we will get a little bit more of a three dimensional uh, perspective of Julian as we right, go out. Right. Um, but you know, with the thing with that that's going on here, a couple things first. Anytime I get an Ivy Rebecca fight scene or anytime I get Ivy and Rebecca together, I tell you, if I ever make a script, if I ever write something that is good, I will make sure to talk to these actresses because I'd love to see them together again. They are so much fun to watch, so much fun to watch them battle it out. And then when Pilar comes in, I was reminded about how much I loved Ivy and Pilar's friendship. But at the same time, a while back, y'all were talking about it. I see your face. A while, a while back, you were talking about it in the podcast, and I was like, I was like, oh, I never looked at it that way. I was like, it's so one-sided, and it makes me angry now. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I love, I know Ivy loves Pilar, but it's very one-sided, and it does piss me off now that I look back on it. And not only is it very one-sided, Ivy is a fucking snob. Like, she <laughs> yeah, said so it's many things about how... Teresa is the housekeeper's like she yes, said all the same it, yes. things that Rebecca and Gwen have said she has said mm-hmm. she said to Ethan that he she doesn't want him to marry someone who he will realize wake up and realize is beneath him yeah. like she is so- someone who is not worthy of you like she is a problematic yeah. white woman no yes I love I, her she's a queen but I, I, yes <laughs> I agree with all of that because I sit there and I watch her and I'm like I remember I was like she has such a love for Pilar but she has these blinders on with Teresa where she's just like you know uh for years and I still do this every once in a while if I ever stub my toe like if I bang my toe up against a piece of furniture to this day I don't cuss what I say is Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald I mean I (laughs) like I say it like the way Ivy would use I mean like at some point Ivy will just have this sincere hatred towards Teresa. A visceral reaction. Yeah and so it was so it's so hard for me because I'm like you know Pilar you love Pilar but you can't get that like she made she painted this picture of Teresa a long time ago and that was it and again like you said it's a classist thing she's she really in it she is a she has a heart that it is there but you you're right snob is the perfect word she she was just in that way too long and she does love her crane status i mean that's the reason she'll never leave julian and if she if she wasn't a snob she would have married sam she never would have married julian boom Boom. like if she wasn't a snob she would have just married sam i know she had a lot of pressures on her but so does ethan yeah and look at what he's doing you know and i think that's why she I, I will give her a little bit of that, right? A little bit of that right back is because she does say, um, I I want my son to marry for love because she knows she did not. And yeah. so she at least has that redemption where she's like, uh, you know, if he picks Teresa, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop her. Whereas the other two, Rebecca and Julian, are like, mm, no, that's not happening. Yeah, she has definitely softened and I can appreciate yeah. it. I really can't appreciate it. And I and I do I do understand like seeing her relationship with Pilar and having like warm feelings about it. I I like I understand it, but it also makes me feel a little sick because yes. in Pilar at the end of the day, Pilar is an employee. Yep. Yep. That's what she is. Yep. So, um anyway, that was such a what a good talk. 
<laughs> we're trying. We're trying. Ooh, we're doing um, it. We're not trying. We're doing. But so <laughs> let's blast through the rest of this. Yes. So Rebecca and Julian are talking to each other, flirting with each other, feeling each other up, basically uh, right behind Ivy's back. Yeah, they, I like he, that uh, that jingle bells, jingle ugh. bells, jingle all the way. It, it was... made my skin crawl. It made my skin crawl. He was like, I don't even know what the point. Like, and that's the thing about Julian is some of this shit is so bizarre that he says, like, what are you trying? Like, is that supposed to be seductive? What are you trying to do? But um, he and he and uh. Rebecca, Rebecca starts to kind of get hot and heavy. Rebecca keeps bringing up Ivy's secret and saying, yes. you know, I'm really, I have this idea, but I don't know. Could you show me y'all's wedding album? When exactly did you get married? Blah, blah, blah. So she goes to his room and she looks through the old wedding album. And this did not make sense to me. She's <laughs> looking through the, as a lot of things don't make sense, but she's looking through the album and she's like, I don't know what I thought I would find in here. Cause there's like nothing to find. Yeah. But then, like, the last page is a picture of Sam pe peeking out from behind, like, the, the flower, the floral arrangements at and their it wedding. Very, very obviously staged with him, like, poking his head out. Who would put that in their wedding album? <laughs> you know what I mean? It seems like a picture you're like, oh, my goodness, that shouldn't be in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who, yeah. even Ivy. Ivy would never, it couldn't have been Ivy because Ivy yeah. would never have put that picture in there and then yeah. left it in Julian's room. Yeah. So it definitely couldn't have been Ivy. If you put a, a task, a professional with putting together your wedding album, you should fire them if they left that picture in there. You know, of like some they random man at your that. wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, whatever. It just was stupid. So she saw the picture and she's like, hmm. And she asked Julian, was Sam Bennett invited to your wedding? And he says, no, he wasn't. Yeah. And so Rebecca's wheels are turning. Wheels are turning. Yes. She and She's Julian on the verge fuck, of they figuring have it sex. out. They have sex a couple of times. Then she goes snooping around the mansion. And she goes yeah. into Ivy's room, find, immediately finds Ivy's locket, opens yes. it up, sees the picture of Sam and baby Ethan, but only deduces that Sam and Ivy are having an affair now. That's How does she, she not? How does she not figure out A plus B equals C? C like, I don't know. I don't know, but she's getting there. She's getting there faster than anybody yeah. else. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, she is. And I, and I love this about Rebecca. Like, I love this as her as a villain is that she, she has a mission and she's going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, at one point, um, you know, uh, Julian is figuring out that, uh, well, at one point Julian is sitting there and he's like, uh, he, he thinks Rebecca's back on her way. Uh, and he whips out a, a pair of handcuffs and he bumps into Pilar. Uh, it is so, I mean, and even they put a disco rayado, they make a, a, a record scratch noise and yeah. <laughs> it's the two of them seeing each other. It is so damn funny. And again, it's like, Passions always knows that it's weird and, it, and it's absurd, but all I'm like, y'all did not have to put the, the, the record scratch noise in it. It's like, you're really milking this. Like we give you a little bit of a line and you still got to go further than, than anything else. It's pure camp. It's so campy. Yeah. I love it. I just, I just love it. It's such a mess, but yeah. uh, let's move on. Um, so she finds the, she does find the locket, but she puts it back. Pilar and Ivy catch her in her room, in that room. And 
um, she, I don't know, she makes up some excuse like I was coming to help you or some bullshit. Yeah. Ivy doesn't buy it. And then and Julian was comes not in. buying it either. Yeah. No, Julian comes in get, and gets Rebecca out. Also, Ivy lets Rebecca know that she knows that she's sleeping with her husband. Like yeah, she yeah. says, I know that you and Julian are sleeping together. Yeah. And Rebecca's like, and you like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, honestly, y'all deserve each other. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, there was a time that maybe I would have been upset, but I don't care. Like, yeah. and she's, oh, and again, classes. You know what she says? She says, at least you're not one of the maids. That's exact. Yep. I'm like, what? What, what does it matter? Yeah, I would be super pissed if it was somebody I knew. I'd be happier if it was a stranger that I don't ever have. First of all, I would never put up with this. But second of all, a stranger, at least I don't got to deal with them. They don't know nothing about me. They're not in my house. Like, you're like, eh, it's okay. I know the person now. Please. Yeah, no, forget about it. But Ivy doesn't care because she fucking hates Julian. So. So Rebecca leaves with Julian. She tells Julian, uh, one, I think I know what Ivy's secret is, but I'm not going to tell you yet. Two, well, she's like, come with me. She doesn't say it. She was like, come with me. But she also tells him, Ivy knows about us, but she doesn't seem to care. <laughs> so I think that sets everybody's kind of wheels in motion. Uh, let's talk about magic. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say, just between you and me, uh, I love, um, at some point, that this sex relationship between Julian and Rebecca, I don't love this. I just think it is something that I do remember is that it gets into bestiality and a donkey continuing continuously appears even yeah. in the finale. Julian likes weird sex man. and I'm not here to kink <laughs> shame anybody. No, I'm not, neither am I. Like I said, this is just between you and me. I'm like, I remember this. I remember the finale and the, the damn donkey making its donkey squeal. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this was a running line with Rebecca having a, a burro in the in the bedroom. Like, anyway, I just wanted to tell you that because I digress. So weird. All yes. right, magic. Let's talk about this magic. So, uh, the rundown here: Timmy sees that Kay is in cahoots with Hecuba. Kay gets frustrated at not being able to enjoy the holiday festivities because of her lack of a soul. And Charity continues to sense that Kay is in danger. So let's talk about this. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about this, honestly. <laughs> like, it's a, I mean, I, we've been doing the same. I, I've been doing, talking about this for so long now. Like with Hecuba and Kay's soul and going back and forth and back. She wants her soul back. And Hecuba's like, no, you can't have your soul back. We made a deal. And like, it, it, oh it, it, my it, God. This is obviously a huge storyline that lasts a long while. Um, yeah. But one of the things that I did write down, I was like, can we just, like, okay, we, Kay made her decision to sell her soul to Hecuba. But at the same point, she's like, can I just get my soul back? I'm like, how many times is she going to say this? Yes. No, I actually, you're not. You don't get it back. Actually, that was my favorite line from this episode, of these episodes, was when Kay yells at Hecuba, I just want my soul back. <laughs> like girl like, we know no, this is not back. how this works no what um, do you sell your soul my love like, I, I gotta, do you have a receipt yeah 
I gotta tell you, when uh, you know, Charity's in there and and she's holding Timmy, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot Timmy has such a huge crush on Charity. I was like, maybe maybe him and he and I had the same taste at one point. But when Charity leaves, and and the first thing Hecuba does is like, wait, we gotta throw out the trash or something like that. That's the clip you gotta use in your TikTok because it is so hysterical. I love it. She picks him up and. I'm like, how does Kay not hear what Hecuba says? She grabs him and says, say hello to Tabitha for me. Chucks him out the window. I know. It is so funny. And he's so damn cute because of his little yell. Meanwhile, Tabitha's hair, the amount of hair that she has, softens the blow as Timmy comes (laughs) crashing down on him. And the noise, the sound effect, and her just throwing herself, (laughs) it is so damn funny it is. I, had, I recorded it on my phone and I sent it to a couple friends and I was just like look at this do y'all remember this and they're like holy crap yes and then they're playing my musical suite that like that little like like oh something Tabitha's music happening yes. yeah <laughs> yeah I you know um I'm I'm interested with Kay about her relationship with Tabitha right now because you know witches exist yes and you know you saw Tab like it's it's like she has decided to absolve Tabitha of yeah. all the shit that happened and, and just yeah. be like, oh, Tabitha's just the crazy old lady next door, and just completely forget that Tabitha is a full blown witch. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that and that Timmy is a talking living doll. Yes. It's just interesting to me that they've decided to kind of gloss over that. That Kate has that understanding and know, and knows that, like because it seems like. If you're going to go, if you want to get your soul back from Hecuba, you would go talk to Tabitha. Exactly. Well, And, and it's interesting because at some point, uh, Kay and Tabitha will have a different relationship, but that's very, very far away. But it is interesting to me that she, I'm like, did she not hear Hecuba? Like, why would Hecuba grab the doll and throw it? Like, if you, this witch is that powerful, like, why does she care about this doll that she doesn't, yeah. like, she knows that's Tabitha's doll, like, it's again, it's one of those soap opera roles where we just go meh and we move right, on. Right, whatever. Um, so th- we just need to talk about a couple of new inform- pieces of information that we learned. One is that Hecuba cannot be in the same room as Charity. So Charity comes knocking on the door while Kay is talking to Hecuba. She can't hear Hecuba at all, which is interesting. Yeah. Tim- why can Timmy why can Timmy see and hear Hecuba? I'm I, I maybe I, I'm gonna say maybe it's magic on magic like he because he's magic because at some point uh she he says something disparaging about Hecuba while she's outside the window and she hears Timmy thinking I'm right. like Hecuba's fucking powerful because yeah she, he, he can't talk and she heard him yeah. and she's like I hate Tabitha just as much as I did 300 years ago and, T- and Timmy's like oh no I mean like this is I'm like I don't know. I don't understand. I'll never understand the magic in the show, but I sure as hell have fun trying to figure it out. Trying to figure it out. Like, cause, because also if Tabitha, so I'm, I, we have been led to re- believe that Tabitha owes 300 years worth of back taxes on her house. But because every, because every year she was like zapping the tax rolls, yeah. their, their words, not mine. She was <laughs> zapping the tax rolls. And, but now that she doesn't have power, all of a sudden, all of that information is back available. So why is Timmy still alive? Wouldn't like he lose his enchantment? You know what? Doesn't mm. matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not important. 
it's not important at all. You know, what is important is that Charity can't hear Hecuba. She hears Kay on the other side of the door yeah. talking. She's like, why is Kay talking to herself? And so she walks in with Timmy. She's walking around with Timmy because Timmy's like been uh, snooping around upstairs and she sees the doll. Yeah. So that's why she has Timmy. But um, she barges in and uh, tells Kay, you know, I can tell that something's wrong with you. I fear for you. I think you're in danger, like, you know, and Kay tells her, you know, everything's fine. She thinks about telling her and, um, and Miguel, Miguel shows up at one point. I don't care about these kids. Miguel (laughs) shows up at one point and, um, she thinks about telling them, but, but Hecuba's like, ah, don't you dare? Because Kay starts to think, well, if, if Hecuba can't be in the same room as Charity, then Charity must have enormous powers and maybe she can help me get my soul back. Which is smart thinking. Yeah, but Hecuba gets in her head and is like that she is not going to be able to help you. So don't yeah, even do You even sold your it. soul to me. I have the receipt. So yeah. you're screwed. Yeah, so everybody's worried about her not having any Christmas spirit. <laughs> uh, whatever. They say it so many times. Yeah. But um, anyway, like you said, they throw, they leave. Hecuba comes back, throws Timmy out the window, tells Kay, you can never get your soul back. And then she does, what did she do to her? Oh, she told her she couldn't go to mass. She was, cause yes. Kay was like, I'm going to go to mass with my family. And she says like, you can't go to church anymore because the yeah. angels, the, uh, uh, the heavenly hosts won't let you in. Yes. Yeah. And she, she, Kay decides to test this theory and she goes to church and tries to get in and a, fo- a force field appears. Yeah. Like, and I remember at some point something else, like these like statues come alive. I can't remember what episode it is, but something happens where basically they can't go in. It's the same thing. Tabitha can't get in there either. Hecuba wouldn't be able to get in there. Like they can never go inside the church. It's, um, it's odd yeah. to me though, because why why can't it doesn't make sense that Kay can't go in it makes sense that Tabitha and Hecuba can't because they're evil right they're pure evil but like Kay is like just doesn't have a soul like why is that stopping her from going I don't know whatever it doesn't matter (laughs) I've never seen that in the bible but uh but maybe I I missed a page or three but because yeah it's very specific um I just love at some point uh Tabitha and Timmy do go home uh, and they're finally getting to chill out a little bit after all of this stuff. And it makes me laugh because, um, first of all, Timmy is like, Hecuba's up there. Hecuba's the evil source. And right. I was like, you're joking. You're lying. That can't possibly be true. I'm like, all you've been talking about is how much sulfur you smell. Like, right. like and and he's your, he's your number one person. Why would he lie to you? Your eyes are deceiving you. Blah, blah, blah. Because if it were Hecuba, and again, I always am fascinated at the R's that Juliet Mills will put on the word Hecuba. Like, yeah, Hecuba. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so fascinating to me. But she does not believe Timmy and it becomes a thing. But I will say it's so sweet when the two of them get non-Christmas presents for each other. End uh, of the year presents is what they yes, call it. It was so sweet. He gets uh, brand new gloves and she gets some more bracelets. And uh, they're having some Martimmies on a with a roasting fire. It was so cute. And I, I just do love them. myself how wholesome and how fun they are together. 
in their relationship is just so lovely. It really yeah. is. I mean, when she's not trying to kill him, it was yeah. really dark at the beginning. She was like putting him yes. in every appliance possible. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they softened her up a lot. Thank God. Yes. Cause that was really psychotic. Well, and I think they saw the bread and butter was like, this relationship is pretty damn funny and campy. So they were yeah. like, all right, let's make them, let's soften her up a bit. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. We've been talking for a while. Yeah. Um, but Eric, you're going to join me on the post show today. Yes. Yes, please. All right. So um, everybody, Eric, tell everybody where they can find you if you want to give them your ads. Yeah. On, on almost everything, I am at Mr. Eric Vetta, um, E-R-I-C-V-E-R-A. All right. And I'll put that in the description so you can go follow him on Twitter where he is giving out all kinds of <laughs> tweets oh it's tweeting it's about nostalgia about, things heck yeah it's always about uh it's always about the golden girls or pop culture or whatever reality tv i'm watching couple letterbox reviews it's fun thrilling all right guys give a good big shout out to all our patrons i forgot to do it in the middle of the show again i'm so sorry but Thank you to Munashe, Marcus, Erica, Breland, Lisa, Zach, Sid, Serana, Dustin, Heather, Randall, Ashley, Hannah, Camelia, Monique, Samantha, Amy, Chucky, and Jeanette. Thank you all so, so much for being patrons. Uh, remember, you can always catch us on social media. You know where it's at. We've been at this for 100 episodes, so you should know by now. <laughs> at Passions Podcast, most places. All right. So remember, you are my passion for life. For life.